On this week's episode, you're going to hear a lot of interviews that Alan and I conducted at Automokes from a variety of people that participated in the event in different ways. We hope you enjoy these interviews. You're listening to the UKC Hunting Ops podcast, celebrating hunting dog heritage, competition, and community. United Kennel Club has been the hunting dog sports home for coonhounds, beagles, retrievers, pointers, cur feist, and more for over 125 years. This podcast is fueled by Yukonuba, the official performance dog nutrition partner of UKC. Welcome back to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. This is Trevor Wade. I'm the Coonhound Program Manager at UKC, and I'm joined today by Alan Gingrich, the Director of Hunting Ops. What's going on, Alan? Well, hey, it's been another busy week, and it's we're right in the thick of our fall, busy fall schedule here, but uh, yeah, so it's busy around here, but that's always good, too. Yeah, busy's good. Yep. Busy's good, and uh, you know, we always wonder about what we're going to do for the podcast. We don't worry about it this month. Not this time of the month or this time of the year. <laughs> That's sure. Right. This is already our third podcast that we shot from, that we got content from, yeah. for from Autumn Oaks. Yeah. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago, you had the interview with me, you, and Steve talking about the 70th anniversary of Night Hunts with UKC. Last week, we talked about all of our big winners and had interviews with our big winners and just kind of uh, general talking about Autumn Oaks and, and some of the successes of it. And this week, we're going to uh, focus on some of the personal interviews we were able to capture while we were at the event. Yeah, and it's always good to do that. That's a fun part for me to pull some folks in, you know, that that come to the event or for whatever reason, pull some, try to get, pull some different folks in. And, and just for four, five, six minutes, seemed like mine always went over a little bit, you know, but uh, that's all fine and dandy. And uh, one of my uh, first interview was with Mr. Roy Rogers from Arkansas. He hunts English dogs. He's been, uh, he always comes to our events. You always see him at the Winter Classic Autumn Oaks. Seems like he's had a lot of success getting dogs through the, uh, through to the finals at the World Championship. And I just, when I saw him, I wanted to pull him in. And, and uh, so uh, uh, here's Mr. Roy Rogers from Arkansas. How you doing this afternoon, Roy? I'm doing pretty good. It's a lot cooler here than it is back down in Arkansas. Yeah. What part of the state are you from there? Southwest. I'm about 55 miles northeast of Texarkana. Yeah. You know, about a week ago here, uh, we had some up in the mid-90s here, and it got hot, but you've had that a lot of this oh, summer, haven't you? Oh, we've been up in the hundreds, 115 heat index. Wow. It's and been rough down there. How do you even prep a dog and stuff like that? I just keep them in the woods. Try to keep them out there, I, you know, keep them near water. Yeah. So how, how many nights a week do you hunt? I try to be out there about five nights a week. Do you really? Yep. Yeah. Hunting English dogs. Hunting English dogs. Yeah. So what'd you bring here to Autumn Oaks this year? I brought Dolly and Jewel. Okay. To, uh, go hunt Jewel tonight in the dual champion. Yeah. We're here on that. We're here on Thursday night here. It's about an hour before we're going to start taking entries for the dual championship. Yep. You're going to hunt Jewel and what is she? Uh, she is a Grand Knight 3, uh, just champion on the bench and Grand Knight 3. Okay, and then what's, you had a second dog, what's that one? Dolly, she's a Grand Knight 4. Yeah, okay. Ruby's the one that you've been hunting quite a bit in the last well, four or five years, wasn't it? it well, I, I retired her a few years ago, and actually I just lost her back in May. Uh, she was 12 and a half years old, and uh, she went into kidney failure. I saw that somewhere that you'd posted that, but yeah, it seems like those good ones, they just... Yeah, uh, she, she was a good one. And you've been... And Jewel is out of... Right? Yeah. And you've had, uh, here in the last uh, 10, 15 years since I've known you, you've hunted some of the same dogs for a good while. I, I get a good and I stick with it. Yeah. I don't sell them. <laughs> yeah. 
And I know we see you at the, Trevor and I were talking about on a podcast here a while back. We see you at the Winter Classic here at Autumn Oaks and World Championship. Seems like you always get something through at the try World get, Finals. Yeah. Try to get something through. I've been to the finals five times. Yeah, what, you got anything through for this year? I've got Jewel and uh, Dolly yeah. qualified. Yeah. So uh, what, uh, I know you go to the Winter Classic February and, and here in Richmond in, in September. Yeah. You got any preference on the two hunts? I like the Winter Classic. You like the Winter Classic? Cooler? Like, uh, cooler, and I don't know. I just, I've, I've had a lot better luck there than I have here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something about the Winter Classic. I've always, I've, I've been every year since it, they moved it to Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we know you're, we're aware that you lost your wife earlier this year, and we were, yeah. we were so sorry to hear that, you know, and probably going to be a lot of firsts and takes a lot of time to probably never get over that, you know. But yeah, it's, it's taken some getting used to yeah. We was married for 41 years. Yeah, yeah, but uh, probably uh, think about that stuff a lot when you're out there hunting dogs, you know. Oh, it's yeah. good you still have that, I guess. Yeah, I go out there to I find me a log to sit on, sit there and listen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, did you uh, walk around today quite a bit, see anything I, new or I, anything interesting I've so far? I've put some miles on these tennis shoes I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've been to every vendor out there, I think. Yeah, yeah. So what uh, do you hunt? Uh, how often do you hunt in a hunt, night hunts? You go about every weekend. What does that look like uh, for Not you? every weekend. I, I'll hit some of the local stuff if i got a young dog I'm trying to champion out or whatever. But most of the time I'm trying to make these major events. Yeah, yeah. I make English days every year. Yeah. And had a lot of success there. Yeah. So, well, hey, I don't want to take up a lot of your time here, but I appreciate you stopping in talking to us. And it's always good to see you, Roy. And we're tickled that you made the trip up here. Hey, to I, I'm glad to be here. I appreciate it. Well, there you go. You know, it was really good to see Roy up there this year. He he recently lost his wife, and uh, and obviously it's it's he's struggling with that like anybody anybody would, you know. And the his dogs have kind of been a. Uh, uh kind of a lot of therapeutical for sure. him you know but so it was good to have him there and, and i hope you enjoyed that conversation with roy yeah roy's one of the good ones uh, my first interview of the weekend was with uh, brett hall out of virginia uh well-known hunter he's had a lot of success in the night hunts but the real thing i want to talk to him about was more so about the walker association we talked about a lot of the breed associations on this podcast so far haven't had a chance to talk about that one and he's a good representative of the walker association so a lot of good information here with Brett Hall. Hey, guys. We're here Thursday afternoon at Autumn Oaks, and I roped me in my first uh, interview of the whole weekend. I got Mr. Brett Hall here. What's going on, Brett? And, and roped is literal. <laughs> he, I saw him talk to about 25 people before uh, he, he finally <laughs> had a dog lead around me and drug me over here. Hey, well, I was walking around the confirmation show there, and I saw basically the whole Walker Association standing over there talking, so I knew one of you guys would be able to do it. Yeah, we had a quorum present, but we didn't tell our president, Alan Callow, uh, that, that we had voted on some things without him knowing. And it turns out Mike Lester don't know how to talk. He says he don't. He says he don't, but you should sit through some of those meetings with him. You, you'd know otherwise. Yeah, I got you. I think I might have been – well, I've never been in a board meeting, but I've been a part of some of those uh, – the private meeting before Walker days. Yeah, yeah, he can talk. It's it's interesting. It's interesting, and I'm gonna tell you something. Those guys uh, really care uh, very deeply about the Walker breed and the the association and where that uh, the future of that association is going. Absolutely, we like to give them a hard time, um, especially Mike. But uh, but they they are they're really good guys and gals. Yeah. Hey, that's a that's a volunteer job, and it takes a lot of time out of your personal life. You got to do a bunch of stuff. 
And uh, if something goes wrong, you get all the blame. If something goes right, you get hardly any recognition. And I know it's a, it's a thankless job, and we appreciate all the officers. Uh, but before we get into that, let's talk about you a little bit, Brett. Tell, where, you're from some, you're in Virginia, right? Yeah, I'm in southwest Virginia, the very southwest uh, tip. I am, uh, I'm in Wise County. Uh, Coburn is the, the town where I'm from. I'm, if you look at a map, I'm where Tennessee and Virginia and Kentucky all, all meet. I can be to Tennessee in an hour, and I can be to Kentucky in an hour. So. I got you. Good flat country. Uh, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Strip jobs and rattlesnakes and uh, yeah. electric fences. That's, that's about what we've got. So how the heck do you get a dog hunted up for autumn oaks? Boy, I tell you, um, it's very difficult this time of year because uh, because of the heat, number one, and snakes, number two. And, uh, you know, I, t I tell these guys a lot, especially the way the hunts are going now, the 90-minute hunts and uh, a lot of these um, casts that you're in. I'd say 90% of the casts that I've been in the last five years just been, you know, recasting, recasting, recasting. And we don't really get that luxury right. where I'm at. You know, we'll hunt a, hunt a holler out. And by the time, you know, you get to the dogs, you're so, so deep in there. You know, it's time yeah. to relocate. So that um, uh, presents a, a unique advantage. But I, I also think that uh, with the, the thin coons that we have and the terrain that we have, well, you can make a coon dog down there. Yeah, I was going to say, it's interesting because you're someone who's had a lot of luck at major events. I know you've, you've uh, oftentimes at the World Finals, seen you at the Tournament Champions Finals a couple times. How do you get a dog ready? I mean, if you're hunting just that and then you take them somewhere where it's flat country, a lot of ag, or do you have places within driving distance where you can get a dog tuned up for that kind of hunting as well? Yeah, we have uh, we have some farm country within an hour of, of my house. Uh, still still pretty rough, yeah. which keeps keeps the hunter in shape. But um, I, I attribute a lot of my success, just to be honest with you, to, to my dad. My dad's coon hunted since he was uh, uh, about five years old, and, and so he's been at it a little over 60 years. And man, I, he can pick a pup in the feed bowl, you know, so he, he knows what to put his time into and, and, um, and he'll, he'll get us a dog going. And, um, you know, I do, I do pretty good fine, fine tuning them, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and handling and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, Brian Whitted, who's over here, who wouldn't do this interview with me, we were talking one time and we talked about the great ones that we've owned. And, uh, you know, it's like he said one time, he said, a coon smells the same in Louisiana as it does in Indiana. <laughs> He's right. You know, so, yeah. so when we travel around, if you've got a, if you've got a good dog, you know, um, you'll, you'll come out a lot of times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's, uh, I guess that we kind of got to do the short version here, but how sure. did you get in? You, your dad hunted. Is that kind of how you get into it? What age were you when you started yeah, getting yeah, into it? I was, hunting? uh, man, he took me for the first time when I was four and, uh, had some guys carry me around in the woods and been hooked uh, ever since. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it took me to my first competition hunt when I was nine. And uh, it, it was a lot different back then, but uh, um, I won my first one when I was 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, and man, I'm just, I've been hooked. Yeah. I've been, I can't get away. I tried to get away from it one time and can't. <laughs> <laughs> and one, uh, one thing I like to do, you know, during the spring season is real busy. Here in the fall is pretty busy. But during the summer and the winter, I got uh, a few weeks where it's not as busy doing things. And one thing I like to do is comb through some old magazines and look at stuff. And recently I went through and pulled all of the top 20s of the world hunt and that sort of thing. And uh, I saw you in there a lot with it, some certain dogs. Is there any? Is there any dogs that were your favorite over oh, the yeah. years? Oh yeah, uh, Hampton Stylist Jewel. We just got her into the Tree and Walker Hall of Fame last year. Oh, congratulations! Uh, she, thank man. you, thank you. She was uh, just exceptional, and and she uh, she passed on us uh, five or six years ago, and I have spent about a million point five dollars trying to replace her. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a hyperbolic number in case my, yeah. you know the IRS gets a hold of this, but. Um, no, uh, we, I, I'll never replace her. She yeah. was just uh, strike dog, track dog, tree dog. Just like she, 
her IQ was just out of this world, and yeah. and she was just a phenomenal, phenomenal dog. And we uh, we set a record there, uh, three three in a row, top twenty five in a row, top top one hundred. Wow. Uh, we we hardly. Uh, ever put her in a zones that we didn't get through and i mean it was just all all in a row she and she could win everywhere she was yeah. one of those dogs that i don't i think i counted up one time it was 10 or 11 states i won uh with her she was just unreal wow. yeah. yeah but you've had some good ones since her yeah the past yeah. few years we we have we have yeah. i've got one now that uh that is a, a very nice hound off a of bushwhacker we call him master lock yep um he uh he's done his share of winning um i've i've had a few um i've had a few i had a few of these uh schooner river fred bear dogs and, yeah and i like that uh, i like that line Seems like a, we might have missed the buck on him a little bit. Every he he doesn't have near enough pups on the grounds. What I'm a saying, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and, and and I don't want to tell uh, Daniel's story because I don't I don't know um, all the details. But uh, there are a lot of guys in the Walker breed that are wishing right now that uh, that uh, Daniel Wilson and them guys could have kept him around longer and and got more more pups off of him because his uh, his puppies are are doing really really well. Yeah. Well, hey, let's uh, let's transition a little bit. Uh, like I said, like I was talking, we were alluding to you're a you're a board member currently in the yes. Train Walker Association. Yes, sir. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, and uh, how long have you been uh, active or uh, uh, in that past, association? The, the past two years. I got you. The past two years, and uh, um, I'm very thankful that those guys, uh, you know, they they asked me to consider being on the board, and I didn't know what all it would entail. And um, you know, it's like you said, uh, a lot of a lot of time a lot of time goes into that. And we have some people on that board that are just absolutely rock stars. Alan Cowell and 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 Mike Lester, Daniel Champ. Um, those folks are. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. I don't know how they come up with the time that they do, uh, especially being working people to right. to do what they do um, for for that association. And it's a lot of travel. You know, Alan sure. sometimes travel. 12, 13 hours. To he's come. not close to nothing. No, nothing. <laughs> he, he's like uh, what George Clooney say in that uh, in that movie. He's a geographical oddity. <laughs> yeah, he's about two two hundred hours from everywhere. <laughs> yep, yep. That's funny. But uh, you've been a member of the association for longer than that, I assume, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 For a long time. And and you know that's um, that's one of those things that uh, I, I I can remember one time with Jewel down at the uh, at the Grand American. We're sitting around waiting, you know, for everybody to come back in, and they come carrying this six foot tall trophy to me and i said uh what are you what are you guys doing you know and and uh, i had i didn't realize it but i was the high scoring walker female so that's that's an extra uh, extra perk that 25 dollars a year will get you yeah. you know to be a part of that association and uh and to qualify you know when you look at the magazine and you see whoever wins the world or whatever and they got all these extra big big trophies that's you know, a lot of time and thought from the Walker Association goes into that. Absolutely. Hey, we're sitting 10 foot away from your guys' setup here at Automost. You guys got a beautiful tent, got the history here on the back. I love I love the whole setup you guys got. And obviously, it's no secret to anybody listening, Tree and Walker uh, breed is is prevalent in, in the coonhound world. You know, it, uh, everywhere you go, you see a lot of Walker dogs, well-represented everywhere. Absolutely. Um, and and I don't know. I feel like uh, you guys have there, there's a lot of people out there who aren't members of the association that should be, and maybe they don't know about it. Maybe this is a platform for them to to learn about it. If uh, if you were making if you were telling somebody who wasn't familiar with the Walker Association at all, how could they become a member? Well, um, they they've got it set up, and, and I attribute a lot of this to those folks that I, I named earlier. They've got it set up now where um, you can go online, uh, submit your your name and mailing address and identifiers and and uh you know in today's digital world you do paypal or credit card uh 25 dollars and and you can become a member and like i said you 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 get much more than that back and one of the things that i think is overlooked is uh you know we we have a we 
induct uh, two dogs each year into the Hall of Fame, and you know you get that ballot uh, mailed to you, and that's yeah. a big deal to us. Absolutely, you know that's 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 a big deal. But um, I, I think with as many people who are hunting walkers nowadays, um, you know, it's more than just an uh, uh, invitation to uh the walker days hunt and, and a hat or you know whatever it's uh you know it's it, it's being part of something absolutely and and the it's like anything else in life the more you put in the more you get out yeah um so you know you become a member of that association and and you know you again you pay your 25 dollars a year yeah. and 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 then you're uh you're you're a part of that organization that uh that that will give back to you when you end up you know having one of these yeah. good hounds and and end up uh, uh, winning and being successful. Yeah. You guys have a really good interactive website to do that kind of stuff. So like you said, you can get all in it up there. But if you're also at any major event, which we have a lot of Walker folks here this weekend, and you would think with all the Walker folks here, you guys should be taking in a lot of memberships here. Yes. Take memberships at Autumn Oaks, Winter Classic, Grand American, a uh, host of different places. So if you're not good at the online stuff, so we hear about all that time, all about that all the time, you can do it here in person. Or there's also uh, probably somebody you can contact, I guess, a membership chair or yeah, someone to get you entered. Any of us. Yeah. Any of us. Any, anybody who's on the board, it's uh, TWBFA.com. Uh, uh, and when we're at these events, man, I'm, I'm blown away. And I'm so excited at looking at your guys' uh, UKC's numbers just in the slam hunts uh, leading into Autumn Oaks. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, we've, we've gone through um, highs and lows in this sport in the last, what, 20 years that I've been involved with it. Um, but we are, uh, we're getting a lot of new people in this sport absolutely. and we're getting a lot of good people in this sport and a lot of good dogs too. Yeah. And, and I am absolutely just really blown away at, at what UKC has done, uh, to, to get turnouts at these big events. Uh, Walker days is, is a great, uh, big event, autumn Oaks, you know, all the major events and everywhere that we go, we have this tent set up. Uh, you can come and, and, and sign up to be part of the Walker Association. You won't miss it. Well, you can't miss it. Can't miss it. Big uh, green and, and white one with a big walker dog on it. So, uh, That'd you know. Be it, it? <laughs> well, hey, you mentioned walker days. Let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, you guys uh, primarily usually in the middle of April, right? Yeah, uh, third weekend in April. Third weekend yep. in April. And uh, you guys are still working through some bidding process right now to figure out exactly where it is. But for the folks who are wondering, it'll be advertised well in advance. Absolutely. You guys have, are you guys active on social media platforms on well, Facebook, yeah, Facebook at all? Facebook. Okay. We have a Facebook page. Uh, Danielle runs that. Um, it's a um, uh, Tree and Walker Breeder Fancier Association uh, Facebook page. And uh, uh, we have a, a fall meeting, what we call our fall meeting, in uh, the first part of December. Yeah. And I suspect very shortly after that we'll have it nailed down on where Walker Days is going to be third weekend in April. You won't miss it. It'll be advertised everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so ab absolutely. Looking forward to that already. Well, hey, is there is there anything else that we forgot to touch on the Walker Association, you think? Man, I think we've talked about it all. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I feel like Dr. Dre or something with this big microphone this here in This is a pretty in, in nice little setup here, huh? Yeah, it is. I like yeah. it. I like it. I like it. I like everything you guys are doing. Yeah. Uh, I really do. Well, I figured I better wrangle some people in here and get some good interviews, and I'm glad I got you. You're one of the, one of the good guys. you got a good reputation in the sport. You've done really good on the competition scene, and uh, I'm glad to be able to wrangle you in here and have a good conversation well, with you today. Well, I appreciate that uh, more than you know. It's a, a, a very good compliment, uh, Trevor. I, I, I appreciate you and Alan very much for what you guys do, and, and I'm going to uh, keep on keeping on. I I told somebody the other day, I don't care if I'm 96, I'm going to win y'all's world hunt one of these days. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's my bucket list. Well, hey, you may do it this year, but I hope so. hope so. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Brett. you, man. Appreciate you. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Brett Hall. Uh, by the time, whenever I did the interview, we didn't realize he was going to make the Grand 16 with yeah. uh, with one of his dogs and also place in the registered portion of the hunt. I think yeah. he got third place registered as well. So a great weekend for Brett there. Um, Just a great guy. A th enthusiastic, always positive. Uh, and he's a lawyer. 
yeah. and a politician, right? Yeah, I think he's a politician. Yeah. yeah. So. Good guy. Yeah. Hayes had a lot of success with the dogs over the years. He had a female named Julie. Did he a talks lot, about a lot of, her. Did he? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the good ones. But uh, yeah, you had some other good ones, I think, right? Sure did. You know, one of the most uh, animated guys in coon hunting is Kurt Ehring from Missouri, an old track man, you know, and he's always got something to say. And quite frankly, he was, uh, he was kind of, he was, he had it toned down. Yeah, it was kind of mild for Kurt this time. But uh, I had, I saw him up at the UKC registration booth up there with Jeremy Michaelis. And I forget who the third person was, but I uh, pulled him in. He said, absolutely, I'll sit down. You know, so we sat down. Here's Kurt right here. What's going on today, Kurt? Well, I come down here to Oaks and it's beautiful weather. Just Brought come, some, just come down today? Come, well, I come down on Wednesday and set up my tents and, uh, selling some pups off of Tyson to some of my dogs and brought Whitey to try to win this thing. You know there you, you go. There you go. I'm I not saw... asking for much, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> you got to keep up with Carmack, you know. You got to keep up, by God. What's he won this thing? Three times, I think? Yes. Now? Yes, yeah. he has. Yeah. Yeah, I did see. Now that you mentioned that, I saw your banners out there, and it looks like you're getting some attraction already. Yeah. yeah. It's been real nice, you yeah. know, and I always like this down here. Uh, I like to scatter them pups out, and this is a good hunt to win. As far as I'm concerned, this is like winning the world to me. What's you know what, the, I mean? what other dogs have you had success with here? Throughout? Probably several of them throughout the yes, years. Yes. Uh, Trackman, of course, was very successful for me here. Cold Sweat sired a dog that won this uh, back in the day. And uh, Sweat It, uh, I've been bad company. I've been very blessed with some of these, Alan, you know. Yeah. And you said, you told me earlier, you brought Whitey along this yes, year. Yeah. Yes, I got him. Yeah, so he was what, he placed, he was in the final cast of the world hunt. Yeah, so he, he was runner-up. Yeah, runner-up. Yeah, he got so, second yeah. high-scoring high male, but that's like kissing your sister. You know what I mean, Alan? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How, uh, how's he, how's he do, been doing for you since been then? Been doing real good. Yeah. Uh, he's been winning some. It's been awful hot this year, so I backed off. You yeah. Know, not quite as young as I once was, Alan, you know. Yeah, I know you hunt a lot, but how's, are you still hunting a lot these days or yes, what? Yes, yes. I've been messing with some pups. Got some things coming my way, you know. Like I said, the good Lord's blessed me on yeah. that. You know, I've had a lot of people help me and been yep. behind me. You know, this summer has been so hot around the country, and I'm sure it has been in Missouri as well. Do you still hunt through that stuff, try to keep the dog in shape through that stuff? I, I try to, Alan, but. When he gets up that triple digits, I, I you know me, I, yeah. I like my dogs. And yeah. They're like family, and I'm always afraid to get in there and get deep and get yeah. away and get them. You know, it's like a person. They get heat stroke. Yeah. You know, they're done, Alan. Yeah. You, know. you get up there in that 85, 90 degrees. Yes. It's not, yeah. That's no joke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Nothing used to bother me, but now I guess since I got a little older, I got a little more sense for something. You know yeah. how it is? Yeah, yeah. So uh, is Whitey going to be your next stud dog what? Yeah, I got him. He's coming on, you know. Uh, He's spoiled ass right, you know how he is, lives in the house. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, everybody's on me, and we're ready to make a move and start yeah. this. You so know? you've got Whitey right now. You've had all these other dogs, you know. It, it's uh, Everybody knows who you are. Track man, you hunted all those dogs for Buzz and, and all all those dogs here. You've got Whitey now. When you've got a dog like that, do you also have an up-and-comer that you're working with, or do you just concentrate with that one dog? How does that work I, for Kurt I, I, conce I concentrate. I keep – I always try to keep – him right you know what i mean because you never know where you got to go yep. or who's going to come up the driveway yep. but i always try to keep an up and comer too and i made another cross on rat out of a bad company female and he's living in the house right now he's about 12 14 months old and i'm praying the good lord lets me do like the rest of them because yeah. 
He's pretty sharp. Alan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Is he perfect? No, but boy, he's got the talent. Yeah, there you go. You got him qualified for the TOC yet or no? Uh, nope, but I'm I'm working on that. Well, hey, these you got some opportunities for some wins this weekend, sir. Yes. You got the slams. You going to hunt the slam tonight? Yeah, what are you doing? I, I tell you, these slams, Alan, th them are a good thing out yeah. here. I, I, I enjoy them for the money you spend and what it pays back. You can't beat that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're going to – I'll let the cat out of the bag here because it's not going to matter. But here this weekend, we're going to do a little teaser. We're going to have a, some little bit higher entry fee uh, events, too, coming up. So some pro slam stuff for us. Nice, so maybe, so that maybe that'll work for hey, you. Hey, you're on a mission, Alan. I, yeah. wanna, I respect you all highly. I thought you'd done a fabulous job at the world. What a demonstration. You know, you always do, you know what I mean? Well, appreciate that. We try to put on it good events. It takes work, don't Yeah, it does. It sure does. You know, and you, you, uh, but yeah, we enjoy it too. But it looks like we're going to have some great weather this weekend. And I'm tickled to see you here. And, and thanks for stopping hey, in glad here. Glad to be here. And, yeah. And we'll do this again. You yeah. know what I mean? Good luck with, good luck with Whitey this weekend. Hey, thank you, Alan. I appreciate it. Well, there you go. He's talking about Whitey, you know, the dog he hunted here, and, and uh, he made the uh, Grand 16 with Whitey, you know, so he had a pretty good run this year again. But, uh, yeah, he's, Kurt's always good and fun to talk with, for sure. Yeah, they're on a run. Yep. World Championship, now Autumn Oaks. See what's next for that duo. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Well, my next interview here is with Jamie Eastep of West Virginia. We've mentioned him a couple times, uh, field rep, and he also did, for the first time, the slams for us this year. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of the slam specifics. We're going to talk about youth nationals, as we always seem to do whenever we have a conversation. But it's a good interview here with Jamie Eastep. All right, what's going on, everybody? We're back here Thursday afternoon at Autumn Oaks, and I got our uh, field rep from West Virginia, Mr. Jamie Eastep on. What's going on, Jamie? Oh, I'm doing well. Recovering from two nights of slams so far. I kind of roped you in here last minute just about a couple weeks ago to do the slams for us for the first time. Hey. It don't take much to rope me in, and I like it. This is the truly the event where history is made. So when you called, I was pretty much ready. Yeah. So. Well, hey, let's start out there. Autumn Oaks. That's a that's always a lot of people like it, but you've had a lot. Not very many people have won it. Let's just yeah. say that. And you had the distinction to win this back in was it twenty seventeen? Sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Yep. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, I mean, a couple things that jump out to me is number one, you know, my dad. Um, I was raised doing this and traveled with my dad and then Drew, my son, and having Drew on the cast. And when we finally realized we had won it, you know, me sitting down beside the dog and honestly tears flowing and Drew come over and put his hands on my shoulders. And then um, coming back and seeing my dad cry. I mean, that's yeah. that, and get into a pitcher. My dad never got into a wind pitcher ever. And um, seeing him get into the wind pitcher the next morning and it really, Probably nobody remembers the year we wanted or even the dog's name, but those two things are really the, the, the things that I remember. So for me, it is the event where history is made. And that's, well, that's let's cool. talk about Shredder, right? Yep. Is that the dog? Tell us a little bit about Shredder. Shredder's on retirement alley. He's um, still alive. He's still alive. Yeah. He'll be 11 in um, November. And Eurlichia uh, has kind of done the toll on him. We, we were able to win here and then get him on some doxy and and won the state hunt and um, another registry <laughs> the the next year yeah. and then just made the decision to um, not burn him out on doxy and honestly he's just lived a good life his life now is uh he gets excited to get turned out the kennel and run the deer out of the yard and chase the house dog and then go into the garage and just uh, lay around yeah so how many years is it making now that you've been working on Oaks with us Four. Fourth year. This is my fourth year. Okay. Third year, maybe something like that. Yeah. And you and you've been working uh 
satellite club for us for the first few years. But this is the first year you've done the slams. Slams, yep. We're, we're here on Thursday afternoon, so we still got one slam to do yet. But the past two nights, uh, Liberty, Indiana, Hanners Creek Coon Club on yep. Tuesday night, uh, Wednesday night in Selma, Indiana at Delaware County Coon Hunters. Talk a little bit about how those slams have done and about the the clubs putting them on. Uh, the first the first word for both of them was just smooth. I mean, you know, you nine o'clock deadline, um, you know, you're already kind of a little bit late getting out of the ballpark there. I mean, you put 98 dogs in the woods on Tuesday night, 123 last night. We had everybody out probably Tuesday night. We had everybody out by 930 rolling, getting back last night. A little bit later because the club had a lot of drawings, and uh, but we had everybody out probably 9:45, maybe 10 o'clock. And um, cool thing about last night was is the the club had a lot of raffles, and um, they lacked a few of those to be able to sell. And I made an announcement, and just seeing the hunters come and and buy those things pretty quick, and no questions, a few little minor things, but uh, Hunter seeing Coons, a few dead cast, um, but uh, really good payouts, really good payouts. Yeah, it's uh, those that they've been around for a while now, uh, the the week, the weekday slam events before a major event, but they've really kind of caught on since probably 2021 is when yeah. we really saw a spike in numbers. Yeah. And this year, both nights kind of record breaking nights and yeah. uh, seems to be kind of a, a good deal for everybody. We talk about it all the time. If you're down here, a lot of people want to warm up and hunt before it goes. Yeah. Uh, you can go down the slam instead of getting a, a hunting license for the weekend and or yeah. getting a ticket. Yeah, you can go down to the slam and and be covered and be yeah. able to compete. I think Tuesday night the the payout was just a little less than five hundred of four uh, above four fifty, but less than five hundred. And then um, last night was a little over five. And um, Tuesday night the dog was in the final four. He was the only one that bought into the Calcutta, and um, he made a good chunk there. So that was Mike Carmack's dog, and so they they did they did well. So it's been fun. I uh, I'll quickly say I'll volunteer for next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And you're actually moving. Uh, we we seem to move you all over the place on the satellite clubs, but it always is moving around. Going hey. to Bryant for the first time this year and having to deal with Link, Matt Lingo and that crew. So uh, he's got me into blue dog, so that's all right. I, 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 I had can... to pull you away from two uh, breed association tables to get even get you on. Hey, here. that's my pet peeve. I think we all need to join the breed associations. And I told uh, Bryce Matthews out here. This is kind of a plug for. Indiana tree and who's your tree dog so, alliance you know all of us out of staters should support that club or association just because we're all here and if you're like me I'm up here uh, I should, might not say this loud I kill more coons in Indiana than I do in uh, West Virginia so <laughs> that's uh so I need to support at least the the, the tree dog association here yeah, so. well that's that's a good point uh, you should should you should uh support those organizations that are going out of their way to help our breeds and our states. And and with that, let's segue a little bit into, into staying on associations. Let's segue into the West Virginia State Association, yeah. something you you became president, I think, a couple years a couple ago years now. Ago, yep. And it seems like you guys are, are really going in the right, right direction. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that's going. Well, I mean, you know, West Virginia is not famous for coon hunting in itself. You know, we do have some mountains, and uh, but we're, we're trying to do some things as an association Probably the thing that I'm the most proud of is our uh, youth program. I We've done really well. We put uh, two kids winning the Spotlight Series this year in the junior division, winning the show portion, and winning the uh, the junior night hunt division. And a couple years ago in our meetings, I uh, challenged the clubs in the state of West Virginia, 
we were trying to figure out a way to help clubs and and instead of just pumping money into them because I think you could pump money and if they don't have the members to do anything with it you're just you're just wasting money and and um I'm convinced there's no way a club can lose money hosting a yep hunt and it'll do two things number one it'll make you money and number two it creates excitement you can't you can't help but to get excited during kids so I challenged our state and our clubs to do a um to do a yep hunt. Um, I know you probably really thank me for that because you probably got a lot of phone calls, but hey, it's, uh, you know, and uh, so we, like the one kid, I think you told me was um, picked up um, uh, points at seven different yep events in West Virginia. Our goal was to double. And right. that's that's what I said in the state meeting. I'm not so sure we, we did that because it was a little harder to track just because of the way the youth series runs from the end of May or 1st of June to the end of May, I think is how it runs. And so um, that was a little hard to track, but I know we increased our YEP numbers. I right. know that. And and then we've um, we've tried to put some money back into the hunters. We uh, we did a, a race series for our adults and our youth, not taking off the way we wanted to with the adults. Um, I think just because of the sheer number of hunts, people just not traveling like they once did. Youth has traveled better than than um, the adults, but um, over the last two years, we just did the math at our state meeting. Uh, we've put fifty eight hundred dollars back into the the hands of uh, into the hands of hunters. Um, was able to set up at the West Virginia State Hunting and Fishing Show and have some representation there. So we'll see what happens next. I was just elected back for two years and um, got a little bit of a different board with me this time. And so pretty excited. And then I had to finish up my, uh, my two years. We just changed the bylaws, and um, i am um, got it changed to where the president, if you've served two consecutive terms, you can't – you have to cycle off. Right. And so we did that just to try to guard against control and try to also uh, foster an atmosphere to get new people involved. I, I think those are the two – I think those are the two – one key is – is the kids, and the second key is somehow to get new people to to step up. And yeah. that's, that's, that's one of my goals this year. Yeah. So, so we probably have some West Virginians that are listening that uh, want to become state members. Is, is there a certain way that they can become probably members? Probably we're not quite as, uh, uh, you know, online stuff, just a phone call. Most everybody knows my number, Facebook yeah. message, see me at a hunt, see one of our officers. You know, we got uh, – David Koch, uh, Tiffany Atkins, and Ford Bond. We're kind of spread out pretty good across yeah. uh, the uh, – we will be set up again this year at the uh, West Virginia State Hunting and Fishing Show in January. And, um, you know, that was pretty exciting. I've never heard so many turkey calls in my life sitting there. But anyhow, we're – And you guys uh, have an active Facebook page too. We do. Right? Yeah, yeah, I moderate that. So we're pretty active on – West Virginia State Cooner yeah, Association. West Virginia State Cooner Association. Okay. Yeah, we try to do a pretty good job um, – keeping that updated and we're kind of slow right now because of uh just coming out of our state hunt in august and then everybody's you have the autumn oaks and then we have the zones and then the world and then i'm working the kentucky state hunt this year so uh we're kind of uh we're kind of slow i see a famous guy walking by me right now that just did this you know so i'm doing great i'm trying to copy off of you and stuff i'm good man i'm good <laughs> So, yeah, we're pretty active. 
Yeah. So you mentioned uh, the, bringing the youth on in your state, and that's all. Obviously, it's no secret now to anybody who's listened to this podcast before. We always talk about how you're huge into the youth of the sport and and, and trying to advance it. Uh, you came all the way to Elizabethtown, Kentucky, for us this year to be our Master of Hounds. Um, can you, you want to talk a little bit about youth nationals? I know you have before, but maybe specifically about this year's youth nationals since we didn't have a chance to talk about it, and just maybe about uh, that event as a whole. Well. Let's just first off go to this year. Um, very, very good job to uh, to that local club on on getting the people into the woods. Um, they were real efficient. They were they were good. Had guides lined up, judges lined up. One thing that people don't realize, and I've actually kind of been on all ends of this hunt, from my son hunting in it to hosting it, and then master of hounds, and then just being there. It is, in my opinion, the hardest hunt to to host because of the simple fact that you got to have those non-hunting judges, and you just can't always bank on every coon hunter doing it because number one, some don't care, which I don't understand, and then secondly, just because it's a youth hunt, sometimes they show up. You never see them at a hunt with a kid, but then all of a sudden, when it comes to that hunt, they've got the neighbor's kid going to hunt their dog. And that's cool too. So it's, that's okay. Um, but when you have to find that non-hunting judge, sure. that's, that's a whole different ball game. And those guys done a, those guys done a really good job on having that, having that ready and, uh, facility wise, not bad, you know, um, maybe not the, the, the bench show, you know, maybe not the, the could have been a little bit different there, but but it was okay. I mean, plenty of room. Um, I thought scores was well, um, no real issues. But that hunt in itself is just a uh, special one to, to me. And you laugh all the time when, you know, I said, you know, we should never pay somebody to do that hunt when, when I'm a field rep because I will do it for free just simply because of what it's done for me. I mean, you know um, – probably for me to get through this part without becoming a little bit emotional is kind of crazy. But, you know, um, watching my son move from the first time and then winning it and then seeing him, you know, you talk about, um, tell you a little bit about, you know, the win at Autumn Oaks, probably hearing um, Steve Emery say, I got it, and, and, and me standing in the middle of the Tippy River in, in Peru, Indiana, is probably just as much yeah. as you know, and and um, that one's um, as you can hear my voice kind of. That yeah. one's probably just as much as that. And yeah. um, and then second thing of it is is as a dad is um, through scholarships, uh, through hunting, not just UKC, but through other things. Drew's first year of college was paid for, right. um, except for six hundred bucks. And um, and so uh, I just didn't. You know, wherever that hunts at next year, I'm available. I'm ready. That's that's me. That side. That's just me as Jamie. They don't have anything to do with UKC, um, but uh, just I would encourage parents to make plans. Be there in July. You know, you might say, "Oh, it's hot," but that's okay. You know, it's it's just a great uh, it's just a great event, and it's kind of different every year where it's set. Right. But, uh, Try to make it a little bit regional yeah, where everybody yeah. has a chance in their yeah. But the age. thing of it is, is everybody's going to have to put gas in their vehicle at some time and drive. And, right. and E-Town, E-Town had, uh, you know, good hotels. It wasn't far from the hotels. Right. Um, 
So it wasn't it wasn't bad. I yeah. mean, I I thought it was a very solid very solid event, and um, you know, very very good job. Yeah, perfect. So. Well, hey, we we talked we talked a little bit more than just about Autumn Oaks here. I, I know we're going to be busy the next few days. You've already had a few sleepless nights, I know, but it's fun. Ah. It's a uh, it's fun to see the crowd back, a lot of vendors, a lot of happy people walking around. And, uh, man, Jamie, we appreciate you. You, hey. you wear a lot of hats for us. You do a lot of events for us. And I appreciate you taking some time out of today to sit down and talk to me. Hey, I'm always excited to come. And uh, my pleasure. And thank you guys for allowing me to. So. Hey, I hope you guys enjoy that interview with Jamie. Always does a good job at, at talking in front of a mic. And, uh, that's going to be put to the test here pretty soon at our world final live show where he's going to be the host for the first time. And I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. And I think he's looking forward to it as well. So yeah, Jamie does a great job and we're lucky to have him. Good, good guy. Uh, one of uh, there is two folks that have been coming to autumn Oaks for a lot of years. Uh, uh, Mendel and Melanie Miller from South Carolina. They're involved with the grand American down there. They help put it on down there and, and, uh, they're up here just every year, and you can always tell that they're having a great time. It's always good to see folks from that part of the country. We have a lot of them, but they just come year after year, and I pulled them in and sat down with them. We talked a little bit about Autumn Oaks as well as the Grand American. So, Well, hey, guys. How are you all doing today? I'm doing good. Good. Mendel Miller from South Carolina, your wife, uh, Melanie. Yes. How are you, Melanie? I'm doing wonderful. Good. So how's your uh, – you've been here since what, Monday? Uh, we come in uh, Sunday. So oh, you're Sunday. you're one of the you come on the first day and get in on the grounds. We do, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, you all generally park in the same area, don't you? Yes, we yeah, do. Yeah, we come up every year, park in the same area. So, how many years have you came here? You remember the first time you came here? Uh the first automotive uh, come to was fiftieth anniversary. Oh yeah, yep. both of you came that year. Yes, we did. That was a big one. Yeah, that was the first automotive uh, experience. Uh, always going to Grand American every year, and I uh, want to experience another big hunt and. I was told to come up here for the 50th anniversary if I want to experience a big hunt. Yeah. That's when I came. There has, well, I think at the Winter Classic one time we had one more dog than we did that year, and that was 1137 or 8. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine that many dogs? Sometimes I think back on that, we actually hunted 1138 dogs. That's wow. a lot of them. That That's is. crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you both came at the same time. How long have you guys been married? We've been together eleven years. Yeah, 11 okay, years. so it wasn't that was were you married then? No, it was, it wasn't. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's been a it's an every year deal for you guys. Every year? Yeah, we made it every year. I'm not sure that yeah. we missed any uh mm -hmm. even during COVID we come when got pushed back on Wednesday. We didn't stay on the grounds that year. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, stayed at the hotel. So uh you guys are from South Carolina. You're both involved, heavily involved, directly involved with the Grand American. Yes. Uh yep. And you guys do a wonderful job down there, but it's always it's always good to see folks from other events like that come here or any of our events. Yeah, I'd love it is. To, love to see that. You guys mm -hmm. are always here. Do you have any uh, Do you have any traditions when you come up here? Anything outside of just being here on the grounds? Do you go anywhere else, or do you just hang out here? We mostly hang out here. It's a few stores yeah. that we go visit that we don't have back home, but other than that, we hang out here on the grounds and we usually hunt a couple slams and then hunt all the moats. Yeah. But we do have a lot of friends that have really become family here. Yeah. So we we get together with them and have a good time, always eating. Yeah. Hunting. So, yep. So you hunt English dogs, and I know you're friends with John Hine. Mm -hmm. Yep. John and Janet and uh, Dean Thompson, we all had dogs together since, uh, I think I've hunted dogs with Dean since about 2005. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I haven't seen Dean up here this weekend yet. Mm-hmm. We're here on Thursday, but is he here or no? No, he's not here. Uh, he's supposed to be coming up tomorrow. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, he doesn't have any hounds anymore, but he yeah. still enjoys it. Yeah, <laughs> I remember Dean from the very first time I came here, you know, and, and uh, it's good to see old guys like it him sure still is. being able to come, you know? Yep. Yeah. He's, he's going to come around tomorrow. Uh, we're going to ride him around the cart, get him to see people. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, Melanie, what's your favorite part of Autumn Oaks? you have anything? The fellowship. Fellowship? Yes. Yeah. I just love it. I mean, we just have such a good time. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mendel? Um, we uh, help with the Grand American very heavily, so uh, just to get out and yeah. come to an event <laughs> and uh, just be able to sit back and enjoy it. I yeah. Mean, back at home, we work pretty hard during that whole event. Pretty much it starts on Thursday and don't end till Sunday. So yeah. We uh, come up here, we enjoy the whole week of hunting and like you said, fellowship with friends and see people that we know from out of state. So Heck yeah, you know, and for us even, I know exactly how that is. You know, for, we work, we sit at a table at our booth down there at the Grand American, mm-hmm. you know, but that for us, that's not really work like it is, you know, what the actual work right. is. You know, you guys work in the kitchen, I know. and Yeah, and, we've, been, and, we've been running the kitchen for several years. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, it starts on Thursday and we uh, run it till Friday afternoon and then, we open it back up that night when the hunters come in, and it's just steady going. Yeah, yeah. and I know you 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 guide every night and mm-hmm. help judge that final four. Work in the kitchen during the day all day. You guys got to be dead tired. By We're the zombies at the at Sunday. <laughs> yeah, Sunday at, Sunday I go home. Uh, we pull our camper home. Usually we get back in from the final four, you know, six seven o'clock in the morning, and go down there and hook up to my camper and pull it straight home. Yeah. Because we have our camper down there because usually we get about two hours worth of nap and then <laughs> yeah. back up the next day. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen David McKee up here. We've had him j- come up here and judge. We might have to give him a judging assignment here again yeah. just to get him to come up here. But That's yeah, right. it'd be good to see uh, some of the other guys, John Sapier and them. I don't remember mm-hmm. ever seeing him up here. No, I can't say that I've ever seen John up here. I have seen David up here a time or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it looks like we're going to have some good weather again that this week, and that's that's always nice. This has been fabulous weather. Yeah, we left 103 degrees temperatures, and uh, we got up here uh, Sunday morning real early, and it was uh, in the low 60s, and that was like a shock getting out of the truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we left in shorts and T-shirts. Yeah. Need a long pants and a hoodie. I saw you guys walking around yesterday during the day wearing <laughs> yeah. hoodies pretty much. I had to chuckle a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we was riding around that golf cart, and that golf cart with that cool breeze, boy, it made it even colder. Yeah, heck yeah. So, uh, what are you hunting up here this weekend? Um, I've hunted my uh, night champion, uh, Hillbilly Hard Time Tracks. I've hunted him uh, two nights in the slam. Um, we got our grand night, Hillbilly Sue, hunting tonight in the dual championship. And we're hunting uh, tracks and Sue again tomorrow night. There you go. Yeah, so have you been hunting at home quite a bit and... No, not a whole lot. It's been hot, real humid, raining in the evening. So uh, this was a good chance to get out and get back mm-hmm. in the woods. Yeah. Hopefully this will get us kicked back on for our hunting season. It starts, uh, kill season starts September 15th. Oh, yeah. So that starts early down there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah our kill season September 15th, March 15th. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, well, hey, I don't want to take up a lot of your time. I know they're taking entries as we speak here okay. next to us for the dual championship tonight. But I saw you guys in in here and i appreciate you sitting down here with me for just a minute but oh, you're welcome. Yeah, hey, thank thanks you. thanks again for you guys for always coming we sure do appreciate it. and it's always good to see both of you mm-hmm. and uh 
I hope, and I know you're going to have a good and good weekend. Here, oh yeah. So. Well, well you thank and, you for putting on a great event every well, time. Yeah, you and Trevor, y'all do a great job, and UKC putting on events. Mm-hmm. We yeah. appreciate y'all coming down to South Carolina too. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's uh, we do a lot, Trevor and I do, but there's a whole lot of other people oh, that yeah. also do a whole lot. So, oh but, yeah, we know it. We but, uh, we start uh, having meetings about April for the Grand American, and that carries on for the whole year. So yeah. we know yep. all about it. Yep, and that's always the big kickoff mm-hmm. event for all the majors. You know, and we're getting down to the end of the year. You know, we'll have the world championship here in a I couple of years. It. But uh, yeah, for all your friends that are in South Carolina, why come on, bring them on down sometime. Yeah, come on down, so. y'all. Yep. Yeah, y'all come on up. This is a nice hunt. Thank you all. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. Uh, just uh, two fine folks right there you're not going to find any finer folks just good positive and uh, they know what it takes to help put on an event i can tell you mendel and both he and his wife they work so hard you know for two three days over the grand american they're working in the kitchen and guiding and and everything else they get very very little sleep so they know what it takes to put on an event and the but they just uh they don't you don't hear them complaining and and just great folks so hope you enjoyed that interview it's also judged a few of those Grand American final yep, forecasts early sure on Sunday yeah. morning. I've been with yeah. them a couple of times. I'm sure you have as well. Yeah. So appreciate Mendel and, and Melanie for all they do. Um, this was an interview. I wasn't sure I was going to get to get it in. BK Kyling with Coon Dog Wear. Uh, had been trying to uh, figure out a time all weekend to get him in there. But, of course, he's working out in the vendor booth, Coon Dog Wear stuff. We got the hunt stuff going on. He was actually there loading up the trailer when I walked up and said, man, do you have 10 minutes to come here and talk to me? And he was more than willing. He's a... Uh, He's new to the sport. He has a lot of good ideas, and we're going to talk about some of the ideas he has right here in this interview. BK Kyling. All right, y'all, sitting here on Saturday afternoon at Autumn Oaks, and I'm joined by BK Kyling of Coon Dog Wear. What's going on, BK? <laughs> good, good, good. How you doing, man? I man, appreciate you. We're out. What about you? I bet you're about the same. Yeah, I'm definitely about the same. Like I said, we've been up for all week with you guys, just hanging out and just trying to make things happen. It's been a blast, man. It's been a good break for me from work. Yeah. So. Yeah. How, how many times have you been to Autumn Oaks now? This is my second time. Second time. They, yeah. I thought, like I told you, I think I told you before. This is only my third year coon hunting. Yeah. yeah. So you just recently got into it. What kind of got you into the sport? Uh, man, you know what? I was um, I like rabbit hunting a lot, and I was looking on YouTube videos, and it popped up coon dog, you know, hunting. And I clicked on the video and been, and been hunting ever since. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, man. Okay. How did how did you come into your first dog then? Did you just kind of did you know people? Okay. <laughs> no, no, dude, I had I didn't know anyone. I, I was on a on the board. I went on the board. It was actually a rabbit rabbit dog board. Somebody had a coon dog for sale, I, and I just called and bought it and just started coon hunting. Like I said, I, I'm, I'll be 44 <laughs> this this in, uh, in October, and I've been hunting now for like I said a few years. So I just found a sport now at 40 years old. Oh, <laughs> so uh, so no kidding. All right. So you you got into it that way. And uh, and for people to know, and for some context, where are you from? Where do you live at? Well, originally I'm from Chicago. Um, I live in in McDonough, Georgia. Okay. Which is like 35 minutes south of Atlanta. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And you have a kind of an interesting profession. I know you talked a little bit about it on uh, Coon Hunting University podcast right. when you did the the interview with Alan. But right. maybe some listeners didn't know what your your right. occupation is. For sure. Yeah, I'm a music manager. Um, I manage uh, some of the biggest talents in the world right now. Yeah. So uh, I've been doing that since 2010. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's busy. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. I saw I, I'm friends with you on Facebook, and mm-hmm. I'll sometimes see 
uh, pictures that you post of you at some of these big award shows or nice venues and you're rocking the coon dog wear, <laughs> showing off for all the coon hunters out there. Oh, yeah, I have to, man. Somebody has to, right? <laughs> you got to represent us, man. I appreciate it, it, that. It, brings, it, it raises so many eyebrows. Like, what? Yeah. Coon <laughs> hey, well, coon dog wear, it's, it's something that's been around for a while, but you've gotten mm-hmm. it. Uh, when did you acquire the business? Uh, three, almost three years ago now, almost. Yeah. And yeah. how did you come into that? Uh, just on Instagram and just, uh, like looking up the coon hunting stuff. And I saw one day, um, the Millers out of Tennessee, they posted that they was, the company was for sale and it really piqued my interest. So I, um, I just reached out to them and then I drove out to Tennessee, purchased the company and just been really trying to do my best to brand it more and to, to really put, like, put the name out there a lot yeah. more. That's why I pretty much wear it. I wear it myself every day, you know? Yeah. So even to non-hunting events and like I said, like you said, like the Grammys or whatever it is, I always have on the coon dog wear a hat. Plus I'm bald, so you know bald people always wear hats. That's a fact. I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So now I got a whole bunch of hats I can switch out. <laughs> I got a few of them at the, at the place from from your store as well, man. But uh, uh, so coon dog wear, mm-hmm. I you know I've known uh, Brian Miller. You talked about him in mm-hmm. Tennessee. He's not far from where I'm from, so I've been familiar with coon dog wear for a long time. But when you bought it, you put your own spin with it. You got a lot of new merchandise and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Is there a place for people to find you who maybe don't get out to the, to the major events? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Coondogwear.com is our website, and we're, we're on social media like Facebook, Instagram. So you can do online orders there. But we try to make all, all the big events. Yeah. So I think the next thing we have is what, uh, Grand American? Or, Grand American in yeah. January? Yes, yeah, so I'll be there. Winter Classic, I'll be there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, pretty much all the stuff you guys got going on, I, I try to make it to. Yeah. That's got to be hard, though. I know uh, just coming and hunting at these things – can take a toll on you, but coming and setting up and selling all day and, and hunting, hunting all night, yeah, dude. that's pretty rough. See, I, I have a little bit of help now. I'm starting to get it together, and, and um, my wife and kids, they're starting to help out more. So they just had school this week, so I didn't want to pull them from school to come. But um, but it's definitely hard trying to uh, be up to till 5, 6 in the morning to hunt and then be here at 8 o'clock in the morning. It's yeah. tough, man. Yeah. You, you hunted this week? You've been hunting this week and weekend, actually, right? Yeah, we I, I had a couple dogs out here. Um, it was tough hunting, but we had a good time. Yeah, you got it. I know uh, probably everybody knows you just got into Apollo, who yep. who won this hunt back in 2020. Yeah, was, man. One of my first autumn oaks was able to go see him win that. Uh, yeah, you, you walked plans? with him, right? I did. I did. Yeah. I, got to, I got to see him win the National Grand Night Champion. That's uh, that's always a cool feeling to see a dog make history like that. And now right. now you have him. What kind of plans do you have with him on your place? Man. You know, are you going to compete with him? Are you well, planning on breeding him? Or? I get that question I don't even know how many times a day. Man. Yeah. You know, I really, I, I really don't have any particular plans like set forward for me other than like starting a foundation for myself with, with dogs. Like yeah. I want to breed into some good females and, and start having my own stock. I don't want to keep buying dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that I felt like to, for me, the best thing to do would be the best, get the best male I can buy, breed into the best females, start my own thing. And that way I can have my own supply of dogs, not having to go out and keep purchasing. So as of right now, I'm going to breed into a few dogs. I'll hunt him when I can, but I mostly just pleasure hunt him and just have fun with him. Man. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like he's done so much. It's like, we I just want to have fun with him and let him have fun, you know? Yeah. Well, he's a he's a coon dog for sure, so I wish you luck with that. Thank you. I, I do want to shift gears. Or the, the, one of the reasons I want to talk to you, mm-hmm. and I've I've kind of told a lot of people about this since I heard your, your interview with Alan, like I talked about, and that was kind of some of the ideas you have for the youth, kind of thinking outside the box of what a, what uh, people usually would and uh, I, I talked to you out here in the Vinderborn, uh, I think on Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday when you were setting up. And right. it sounds like you, you kind of have some more concrete plans than you may have back then yeah. when you first talked about it. You want to talk a little bit about the, some of the stuff you have going on with the youth? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, <clears throat> so as I, I, I said earlier, 
like I said, I found Kuhn when I was four years old. And so my thought process was like, there's, there's obviously other kids out there that, that probably would like to get into the sport. They just have no idea about it. So what I wanted to do was create a group, a nonprofit group that will like actually in November, I think, I think the week before uh, Thanksgiving, we're going to do um, a program out on one of my properties in Georgia. Or I talked to the Department of Juvenile Justice. They're going to get involved. And I think you guys are going to get involved now, too. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. And then so we're going to start taking out kids. We're pretty much camping for the weekend and uh, just kind of introduce them to the dogs, show them how, you know, how to take care of a dog, show them the different breeds. I'm going to invite different groups of guys out to come help and, from each class of dogs, like blue tip guy, this guy. Just so everyone can see the different types of dogs and we'll hunt them and yeah. just kind of have a, a bonfire and just explain how it is, you know? Yeah, man. So, that's 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 really cool. You're reaching a different crowd that otherwise would probably never know that the never. You know, sport ever existed. Yeah, never, never. Like Department of Juvenile Justice, just a little back history. Uh, when I first got out of undergrad, I moved to Georgia and I actually started a business of group homes for troubled youth. So I kind of reached back out to those kind of like groups to try and, you know, introduce this to them. Because a lot of those kids need outlets. They need, you know, something that they can be passionate about because they haven't been introduced to anything that they love or care for. So I, I just felt like that would be the best way I can give back to the community and also teach them something that I love. You know, yeah. I've been hunting since I was a little boy, just not coon hunting, you know. Yeah, man, it's a good idea. And I hope that some of the listeners maybe think about that. You know, uh, we've uh, we got a lot of people out there that do a lot of good stuff for the sport. Uh, but uh, a lot of the kids that we're going after are kids who are familiar with coon hunting already. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe uh, kids of coon hunters or, you know, grandkids, grandkids siblings, right. stuff like that. But we're talking right. about a whole different uh, group of kids. And I think that we could reach out to different schools. And like you're talking no, about for sure. uh, different services and agencies that need help. They're looking for volunteers. They're looking for mentors right. and that sort of thing. And, and something where you can take them and introduce them to the woods. It doesn't have to be coon hunting. Right. Deer hunting could be fishing, could just be could hiking, be anything, anything right. to get them outdoors and, right. and enjoying nature. And the, and the biggest thing is, like, I don't think a lot of people realize like how much of a difference we can make, make in someone else's life. You know what I'm saying a lot of people don't have the things that we have. Absolutely, you know, like a, a pen just in terms of parents, in terms of finances, even even the ability to even see a dog in the woods. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what my biggest goal is: is just trying to help change somebody else's life and give them something they can love, like I do. You know? Yeah. Well, man, if if uh, somebody's interested in maybe helping, you know, obviously we, we talked about it a little bit, and I'm going to help right. you any way I can. Alan, all of United Kennel Clubs behind you, and, and we'll help anybody out who has any ideas like this to help out the youth. But if somebody wants to help you and your causes or a way to reach out to you directly. Yeah, yeah. they can, like an Instagram or Facebook, you can message me, or you get my email is on the the website. Uh, which Just kind of search Coon Dog Wear on those, yeah, uh, on those platforms. You'll have, yeah, you'll have all my information. And all my email is will at coondogwear.com. But I think this is something that I feel like could be a, a big deal. I mean, I feel like we can do this in almost every state, you know, yeah. and just kind of like just help out. Yeah. So. Well, hey, since you've come in the sport, it's been nice getting to know you. Definitely. Uh, you, you've not only become big in the vendors, you got some nice dogs competing with your dogs. You got your local club you're running now, holding yeah. some events. So yeah. kind of full in, man. And we appreciate you need more guys like you in the sport that are active with inventive ideas to progress the sport. And, and I appreciate you coming to our major events and, and being there for the customers and uh, next time you go to a major event, look up Coon Dog Wear. That's it, baby. <laughs> Coon Dog Wear, baby. <laughs> All right, there's Mr. Coon Dog Wear, BK Kylan. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Uh, just came on recently, like I said, but already just a great ambassador for the sport. Yeah. So this next guy you're gonna uh, that I sat down with, you're going to know Mr. Steve Fielder from. He's retired now, lives in Florida, but uh, he was up there with. We mentioned him last week. 
uh, the last two weeks, actually, we sat down with him, did the history, the 70-year history of uh, UKC night hunts. And then last week in the podcast, uh, uh, or he had his uh, Gone to the Dogs podcast there, so we talked about him a little bit. But I had a chance to pull him in and just for a minute and, uh, and chatted with Steve. Here's Steve and I talking. Well, good morning, Steve. How are you today? Morning, Al. I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah. Enjoyed dinner last night. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, Friday morning here at, uh, at Autumn Oaks, Richmond. We've got a good crowd. Weather's beautiful. Oh, man. Perfect nice weather. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people have been here for a lot of years, but uh, <laughs> you, you're, you rank right up there with them. You've been very involved with this hunt for many years. What, what, what are your thoughts on Autumn Oaks through, through the years? Oh, well, my first experience with Automos, of course, like most people, was reading about it in the magazines when I was over there in West Virginia, far removed, you know, from virtually anything that was big in the Coonhound world. So often I wanted to do that, you know. And then it was later on with some of my buddies that actually went to Greencastle and uh remember rolling into the fairgrounds there and uh oh we were joking around we were plot guys and all and we were i remember we were joking around where's banjo <laughs> you know where's old Bali? i want to see him yeah. we were just clowning around you know but the spectacle of the thing from the very start was was just over the top for me Mm-hmm. because the 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 enormity of it really yeah and back in those days it was kind of it was a three-night hunt but it was a small fairgrounds and it was congested going in and out and so it kind of gave an impression of being maybe bigger than it was but, yeah but the dog barns back in those days that you know, was probably a big difference there yeah yeah that's changed a lot People are more protective of their dogs and keep them with them and mm-hmm. all that now. But from the very start, you know, and then, uh, of course, you know, becoming involved with it later on, when I went to work for UKC, I got uh, intimately involved yeah. with Autoboat. But, no, it's always been my favorite hunt. Yeah. So while you were at UKC, what different locations was Autoboat's? Okay. When I first started was in 1983, and Autumn Oaks had already been planned for Oak Harbor, Ohio. That was kind of, you know, there was a tour that kind of went on there, Greencastle for 20 years or so. And then it moved to Michigan for three years. Three Cal- it was in Kalamazoo, wasn't Three it? different, yeah. well, it was in the one of the first ones was in Kalamazoo, and then they bounced back to Greencastle, and they had it in Kentucky and one of those first ones, I think. That's right. I think I read that And then it went to Greencastle and stayed there for about 20 years. Mm -hmm. And then it came to uh, Cassopolis, Centerville, and Coldwater in southern Michigan. Yeah. Consecutive years, and I don't remember the sequence on those. But then made a big dip down to the south in 82 to Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I always forget about that one. It was yeah. there too, wasn't it? And, and then 83 was my first year being in the department that you run now. And that was uh, 
at Port Clinton up yeah. at uh, Oak Harbor, yeah. Ohio, yeah. on the lake. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's moved around a little bit. I don't know how many. I don't forget what year it came here, but it's been here about yeah. 20, 20 some years now, yeah. I think, too. Well, to continue that a little bit, mm -hmm. it went, it bounced back and forth to Oak Harbor a couple of times. And then we had the 25th anniversary. And that went to Jasper, Indiana. And I have a hat here with me. I just took a picture a while ago. You might be interested in this. Maybe I can talk your ed the editor, maybe just slide it in. Yeah. I have a picture. It says the silver anniversary. I'm a hat that actually I wore when I was there. And that was with the year that Nubbin Moore won it with his black dog. And yeah. I took a picture of Nubbin wearing that. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So that we were in Jasper. That was his first year going to Automotive. Absolutely. First yeah. year to be that there. That never won happens. the whole thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, and then we went to Logansport, Indiana. And uh, we were there a year or two. And then... Uh, Came to to Richmond and yeah, as we say, the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of history, you kind of coined the uh, that uh, little slogan, the event where history is yeah, made. Yeah, you know, I get a I get a little bit. My chest pops out a little yeah, bit when I walk. I get in. that. I walk through the entrance here, and you got a nice monitor on there that's greeting everybody as they come in the front door. And I said, they're still using that, and that. I, I'm proud of that. I don't yeah. know. It just came to me one day. You know how things do. I yeah. said, you know, there's a lot of history here, man. Yeah. You know, and I and so that was it. And I had, there was another slogan that I used back in the day that said, enjoy the last holiday of the summer with your family and friends at Autumn Oaks. Yeah. So it's always been that, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, yeah, this for me, yeah, when I was with PKC, you know, I enjoyed going to Aurora. The crowds were big. The, mm -hmm. You know, it was a big deal. But, you know, national grand night champions. Yeah. And all the big trophies and all the fanfare and the celebrations on on Sunday morning. And, you know, I think it was John Wick who said one time, it's hard to get a big happy crowd at five o'clock in the morning, at a Kuna, <laughs> yeah. you know, and yeah. I think that was the thing that separated yeah. Automotive is the awards presentation yeah. on Sunday. And then back in the day, when I first came along, we had a bench show on Sunday to follow. That's right. We you had did. the grands and the and pairs. you could still keep the crowd here on that Sunday. They stayed for that yeah. show because I guess they had Labor Day Monday to to travel yeah. back home. Yeah, you know, and work and all that. Yeah. So, uh, how does, is there, uh, you're retired now, long oh. career in this industry and in yeah. the sport and did so much for it and everything, but are there, so now when you come to these events, is there a side of you that says two things? Is there a side of you that sometimes says, I wouldn't have done it like that? Or, or is there a part of you that somehow sometimes wishes you would still be involved kind of like it is for me? It, it's when I see the hunters go out, I still get that itch that that's part of what I used to love to do so oh, yeah. much. Do you get that sometimes? I too? used to. Mm -hmm. Okay. I went through that for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. And when I left UKC, I thought I'd be with UKC forever. I mean, UKC was my registry. Mm -hmm. I, this is funny. 
one time, uh, if I'm permitted to say this, the AKC was looking for pedigrees and bloodlines to try to build their stud files on plot dogs. Mm. And this is back before my involvement with them at all. And my dad got a letter. And my dad, I can remember so very well. He said, I'm not sending them anything. UKC's my registry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. I think it was probably pretty, pretty much the yeah. case with me over the years. Although, you know, I had good years with those other registries. But really, most of the memories for me and most of my friends were made during the UKC years. Yeah. But to answer your question... Yeah, I did have a little twinge that I'd like to still be involved. I had other things on my mind that were taking me away. But now I just come, and it's like a family reunion. It's like coming back home. It's like when I pull in on on Salisbury Road and come around and come up through the barns and all, it just feels comfortable. And I don't get any of that. I wish that I, at my age now I'm just – thankful for every day yeah and i just you know well there's probably got to be some satisfaction also although you're not directly involved anymore that an event like this is still going and is what it is today oh so. absolutely it is yeah. alan yeah. and when i look at what you guys have done with it and and all and and you've made a lot of changes over the years but they've been all for the better yeah. i can't look at anything and say you shouldn't have done this yeah you know, yeah. just like this duels hunt you had last night. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's a great idea. Our dog looked like junk, but, you know, he, he did what he was supposed to do, yeah. but he just didn't make it happen. Yeah. But that's coon hunting, yeah. you know. But, no, I think that's great. And then the, the idea that you do have some uh, confirmation shows here, too, as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. That's a, a, a part of dog showing that we didn't have when yeah. I was here. Mm -hmm. And to see the, the Grand 16, what that's become, that's a great way to, to do the National Grand yeah. and all. So yeah. there's been a lot of great yeah. improvements. Yeah, know. well, I don't want to take up too much of your time here, but I want to uh, just mention, too, you are set up this weekend. As last year we started it, we have uh, had some podcast row. I don't know what we call that. Yeah. We have several... Well, Several we talked different. about calling it, it sounded really good, and professionally called it the media center. There you go. <laughs> so we got the Coonhound media here, yeah. I think, such as it Well, is. you're involved with that. We've got yeah. several of them. We added another one here uh, this year, and there's a couple outside, too, as cool. well set up. So that's cool. pretty cool. But okay. we appreciate you being here. But let's oh, talk about your podcast a little bit, Gone to the Dogs. Oh. When does that drop every week? You do it a weekly podcast, Monday, right? Early Monday morning, and... Uh, by barring any unforeseen circumstances, yeah. it's usually on there. Oh, I don't know. I don't get up that early. It's probably on there about four or five o'clock in the morning on Monday. Yeah. I just like to be on the same day every week. Yeah. It just kind of gets a familiarity of with people and and yeah and uh, uh, it's it's an hour hour and a half each week of yeah. talking coon dogs. Yeah, you and know? you have a wide variety of guests, you know, from yeah. young to uh, from all ages, oh, yeah. really. So it's yeah. always interesting. You know, I'm so. I'm going to do one hopefully here, uh, and there's a family, the Elburns. Oh yeah, a lot of history with them. here. Curtis, I believe, has not missed Alamoats in what. 51 years, I think. Something like that. I heard them talking about that yesterday. And 
daughter Nikki, I think it's like 40 years, and Andy, all of these kids were little kids in strollers yep. when I first knew them. Yeah. You know, so I'm hoping to get them to the mic and just kind of relive a few of those experiences. Sure, you know, that'd be that would be good. That should be fun. Yeah. Yeah, well, I really appreciate the opportunity to do that because last year I did uh, several little 20-minute snippets like with people and it made a couple of podcasts out of it. worked out really yeah. well. So well, good. Well, hey, appreciate you sitting down oh. with me this morning a little bit, but enjoy the rest of your weekend. It's, Man, uh, I, I'm having a great time and I uh, had to come through a hurricane to get here yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah I bet you <laughs> but, made it. Uh, so. Yeah, Autumn Oaks, it's where the history's made, man. Got to be here. Our partners at Dogtra have just launched an exclusive program available only to active UKC competitors. So if you've competed any time this year or plan to compete in any future UKC events, you can qualify to receive exclusive benefits through Dogtra. Take advantage of this exclusive program and become a Dogtra competition field staff today. To sign up, visit dogtra.com forward slash Dogtra competition field staff. That's dogtra.com forward slash Dogtra competition field staff. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, Steve's always a great interview, and I like to pick his brain. You know, there's there's very few that are more knowledgeable than he is, if any. You know, but uh, I like uh, I've always respected him. You know, and and uh, uh, just a staple in the sport has done so much. I always like to pick his brain. So it was good to sit down with him. Absolutely, always a wealth of knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah. So let me shift gears a little bit. I got Joe Moore on the podcast next. Uh, he's from Pennsylvania. He hits a lot of the major events and he does both hunts and shows. And I was uh, wanting to talk to him a little bit about that dynamic. And uh, he had some really good points, some tips for young kids getting into the sport as he's, he's had some successes in our youth programs coming up. So hope you guys enjoy this interview with Joe Moore. All right, guys, sitting here with uh, Mr. Joe Moore. Confirmation show over there just ended. What's going on, Joe? Not too much. Uh, happy to be here at Autumn Oaks. Yeah. How many have you been to now? Do you know offhand? Uh, I think this is my 12th or 13th. I was talking about it last night. I think it's 12th or 13th from when I was little. I took a little break and then yeah. Yeah, this is like my sixth in a row, I think now. So Yeah. yeah. Well, we talked, uh, we messaged back and forth on uh, Facebook sometimes and uh, a couple of weeks ago we had our youth nationals event and and you've kind of, you kind of came up through that system with uh, YEP events and youth nationals. That kind of stuff was new when you were younger, right? Yeah. Um, the first youth nationals I went to was in 2003, and I believe that was the third one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was in Shelbyville, Indiana. So that was, man, way back in the early days. Yeah. And uh, tons of kids at those first events. Oh, yeah. 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 You yeah. had some success at that event, though, right? Yeah. Um, the first year I went, actually, I won the overall show with a plot dog. Um, and then had various other category wins throughout the year in the show. And then my last year, I hunted every year, but my last year, um, I placed third and got a scholarship Nice in that. So yeah, that was nice. Very nice. Yeah. And, uh, and going back even further than that, how, how did you get into the coonhounds? Um, so my dad kind of grew up. My dad always had dogs, um, started bugging him, wanting to go hunting about seven or eight. He took me for my first time. I was hooked. We got a couple dogs, um, started hunting a little bit. I think in my first competition hunt when I was around nine, um, and our, our family owns our, where our local clubs at, they own the, you know, the grounds there. So my family's always there doing like the food and oh, my okay. dad was club president for a while. Yeah. 
So I'd always be around hunting. And one year, a local guy brought in a plot to show. And that was like the first time I, I was probably 11 or 12. And I like caught my eye. Yeah. And then I started becoming friends with him. And that's kind of how I got into showing was through that. Yeah. Through that. And it was a plot. And you still have a, at least one plot now, I know. But you've kind of, yeah. you've got a couple nice walkers now too. How has that progressed, your, your breed preference over uh, the years? So I've always, even when I was younger, I wanted to hunt walkers, show plots. I thought they were different. Walkers are so competitive, you know, in the show ring. So that's kind of how I went. And yeah, the I won youth nationals with a um, a male dog called uh, Divided Acres Little Joe. I'm a local uh, family. Jason and Joe Webster owned him, and then I got his littermate sister, Princess. Showed her a bunch, and then I got a male dog after I won youth nationals. I got a male dog. I called Knight off of him, and I kept them for ever. And I didn't really show walkers. And then when I got to when I started off the college, they got old, so I kind of got out of it for a little bit. And when I got back into it. Just a walker kind of fell into my lap, and I still do have a plot, but it is going more the the walker way right now for yeah. sure. You got one nice uh, female that right now is right near the top of our top ten standings. Can you tell us a little bit about her? Yeah, um, I, we call her Sassy. Um, she, I think, right now is second in the top ten. Finished her last year in the top ten as well. Um, I got her off of Dave and Kelly Myers a couple years ago. She's off of uh, her boondog that won the world show yeah. and steve randolph's meg female and just like uh, she's super nice female like she's turned pretty much has turned into like the the house pet now but yeah we campaigned her pretty hard she she won champion female at grand american this year champion female at southeastern tree walker days she was queen of show at the pennsylvania state this year and a couple years ago so yeah she's uh we're pushing her pretty hard, and that's kind of where all my attention's at right now. Yeah, and I guess is she still a champion now? Or is she in the grand? She's a grand. Yep, I so, finished her the win at Southeastern. Actually, finished her out. So, so you'll be showing her grands here at Oaks on Saturday. Yep, huh? yep. Yeah. She was a champion last year, so yeah, it'll be my first time showing her as a grand. So yeah. it's pretty exciting. Yeah, Oaks. You're up in in Pennsylvania. Is is there? I know you're not too close to a lot of the events. You know, some in Ohio. Maybe closer than others, but uh, is there a certain events that you try to hit every year? Um, when we start the year out, I start always circle Grand American. I love Grand American. I love that it starts the year off. Yeah, it's nice for us to go south in the winter, you know. Yeah, sure. So um, we just started recently going to the Winter Classic because of you know the top ten program, which we talked about that before. I really like that program. I think you guys have done such a good job at getting you know participation in some shows that people probably normally wouldn't. Because hey, I need six top ten points, you know. So we try to hit that. Southeastern Train Walk Race is, again, another one that goes south for. And then after that, kind of through the summer, we stay more local. Pennsylvania State, West Virginia State, and then, of course, Oaks in the World are the two that, like, I really circle and focus on. You know, we come out here all week and camp, so. Oh, you guys are camped out Yeah, here. we camp. Yeah, we've camped the past couple years. We camp with Dave and Kelly, and it's uh, it just really changes it when you camp. Like, it's yeah. nice not to leave the grounds, and yeah. Absolutely. Everything's right here. If you can, if you can sleep through the dogs, you're in good shape. Yeah, we're kind of out of the way a little bit, so the dogs don't bother us. So yeah, yeah it always cracks me up. Everybody wants this nice uh, spot right here in the hustle and bustle, and then come nightfall, it can't be too good. No, back behind the show <laughs> barn where the dog barn is, I'm sure that can be uh, be some late nights trying to get some sleep for sure. Yeah. Well, hey, we talked a little bit about your show stuff. You, you got a pretty nice dog you're hunting right now too, right? Yeah. Um, I'm hunting, I'm pushing a dog right now off um, Neosho River Cuz. Okay. Um. I got him off Kevin Cable last fall. He uh, 
I wouldn't, he's not the special. He's no world champion, but I've been pushing pretty hard. He's been doing pretty good. Um, I just got a uh, mail pop off a bank and money, well, Cable's Money in the Bank dog and Zach McBee's Heartland Bonnie, who's had some success at the TSC. Yeah. They made that cross and they, uh, I got the, the mail, the only mail off the litter. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about him. So I've, it's tough. You ask my wife, but it's tough. But I try to push both. I'm trying to really, you know, push both the woods and his show. And even though it's, uh, they're both coon dogs, it's, it's almost two separate hobbies. It really, yeah. like, it's, it's tough. Sometimes there ain't enough time in the day. Either. There's, no, I mean, by the time <laughs> you run dogs or do things on the bench and then it's time to come in, go hunting, hunt till one in the morning or so, come home, go to bed and do it all over again. It's, it's tough, but I love it. That's kind of where I want to like move into, you know, everyone wants a dual purpose dog and as do I, but like, I really want to have, you know, a good line in both the show and the woods and yeah. that's something I really want to focus on. Well, Hey, you're talking about uh, Angie and Kevin Cable and, and their dogs. This is a place, you know, we're not too far from here. They always do good in the national dual championship here. So you may have a, a good uh, dual purpose sound right now uh, coming up. There. I know. They let me get pick of the litter. Zach McBee did. And that's what I was like. I told him, I said, I want one that's confirmationally built, you yeah. know, well. And Kevin was joking with me. He's like, these ain't no show dogs. I said, well, they're, they're built pretty nice. But I went and I hunted. I stayed about the, about a month ago. I stopped at Kevin's house, hunted yeah. the bank and breaking before I went to get that pup out in Missouri from Zach's house. So, yeah, I'm super excited about him. And uh, hopefully got some, maybe a litter in the show world coming up next next spring off my uh, female Mila. She's retired, but um, that's the plan there. So Yeah, absolutely. Well, on, I guess on the competition side of things, do you have uh, anything else circled? Are you going to the world this year? I'm going to the world for for show. Um, I didn't get him qualified. I didn't get the dog I'm hunting. I call him Goose. I didn't get him qualified for the world hunt, but... Um, he just needs a couple more for TSC. Nice. So in our club, a lot of our hunts focus in the fall. Yeah. We have a ton in the fall. So we're going to do that, finish him out the grand. We'll try, you know, and yeah. uh, kind of move forward for there. And he'll kind of hold me over until hopefully this this pup's ready or the next dog comes along. Absolutely. But yeah, I'm excited for TSC for sure. Well, hey, Joe, man, I appreciate you coming to sit down with me. I like talking to people who kind of uh, are active in all aspects of it. You know, you got the show stuff going on, the hunt stuff going on. We just got done. I, I waited for you for uh, almost two or three hours after this confirmation <laughs> show for you to get done here. And I know you're probably starving. You already handed off the wallet to your wife. And yeah. There ain't no telling where yeah, she is by now. Yeah, my wife has my wallet. I don't know what I'm – I might come back to an empty wallet. But, yeah, I think that's what makes Oak special is that the confirmation show, you get the bench show, the warm-up hunts, the slams. Like, you guys do such a good job with it. And I like that it's – there's something for everybody here, and that kind of pulls me into UKC, and that's kind of really why I do love it, that there's something for everybody. Hey, man. Appreciate you sitting down with me, Joe. Good luck this weekend. All right. Thank you. Hey, there you go. There's Joe. Yeah. Good interview. Appreciate him uh, taking some time out of his day after a long confirmation show to come over and talk to me. There you go. Joe's one of those guys who came up through our youth programs. Absolutely. That's pretty cool to see how the, those younger kids progress through the and still being involved, you know. Absolutely. My next guest that I uh, sat down with was actually two guys, Ryan, uh, Brian Smith and Philip King, both from Indiana. Philip King used to live in Tennessee, but now uh, recently, last couple of years, a couple of years ago, moved to Indiana. And these are two guys that uh, when I was, they're about my age, and when we were competing, those are some of the guys that were hunting hard before I went to UKC. 
and uh, both of them are still hunting. Both of them kind of took a little bit of a break there for a little while, and especially Brian Smith, you know, but here just in the last year, he's kind of got hooked up with Ashley Dalton, and both of them are now hunting dogs for Ashley and, and having a good time. And I think here's an example of a couple that I, that I always uh, use quite a bit, you know, it, I was probably the same way. There's a lot of guys just very competitive. They were very competitive. They're still very competitive. But you get you you grow up a little bit. Things change a little bit, and uh, I think they just they're just uh, probably better people, you know, today. And I'm not saying that in a bad way from years ago, but it was good to sit down and pick their brain about autumn oaks from old days versus now. So I had had an interesting conversation with them. Here's Brian and Philip. Hey, gentlemen. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. How's it going, Alan? Yeah, doing good. Friday morning here at Autumn Oaks, Richmond. Been walking around a little bit, have you? Yes, sir. Oh, we've been seeing the sights and looking at all the dogs and the vendors. It's been a, it's been a good time so far. It's, yeah, a bunch of vendors here this yeah. year. Yes, yeah, sir. And a good crowd. Did you guys hunt last night? Uh, I guided and Philip hunted. Yeah. We hunted We hunted hide in the duels last night. Yeah. We, we had an excellent hunt. We traded four coons and we ended up getting beat by a quarter. We had a super good time. Yeah, good. I got my dog qualified to be in the duels and got her entered. And uh, Natalie Drake showed her uh, a week ago this past Friday, I guess it was, and finished her into show champion. And Saturday morning, I went out to feed her, and she was in heat. I knew you were going to say that. Yes, sir. <laughs> I was so disappointed. <laughs> oh, man, that stinks. But we bought a new dog to replace her with, yeah. so we got a dog that we can hunt tomorrow night. So, so both of you kind of go back to my era before UKC or whatever, you know. So you guys were the ones competing at that time. Brian, you and I drew each other a bunch, this and that. Philip King, you were hunting hard at that time. But uh, you remember your first times coming to Autumn Oaks? Yes, sir. Matter of fact, um, my very first time at Autumn Oaks was 1991, and I had actually placed fourth place registered with a blue tick female named Twiggy. And that was the very first competition hunt I have ever entered in my life. That was? It, yes, sir. No kidding. Yeah, 1991. Uh, Autumn Oaks, Autumn that's Oaks. your breakout event. Yes. I'd never been in a competition hunt before, and uh, I entered Twiggy at Autumn Oaks, placed her fourth place registered. Wow. And I was hooked. I've been hooked ever since. Yeah, yeah, go big or go home. Yeah, yes, no sir. kidding. Yes, sir. What about you, Philip? Uh, 2000, or 99, 2000, somewhere in that era. Um, in that time frame, it, uh, I've been coming every year ever since. I mean, it's the granddaddy of them all. It's the best time of the year to go to. Yeah. I don't think I've missed one since. Yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. So both of you are now kind of handling dogs for Mr. Ashley Dalton there in yes, uh, uh, West Virginia, I guess it is. What's uh, what? Best guy ever. Yeah. Best guy, best guy I've ever hunted for. But you're you kind of strayed away from the English. You used to hunt some blue ticks, Philip. Yeah, blue ticks. Hunting and walkers now. I'm an English guy at heart, but you know, we, me and Ashley and Brian, we've been friends for a long time. And when he called up and, and offered us this deal, I mean, he's a super good guy. I mean, they don't come no better. Yeah. I mean, he, he wants things done straight and, and, and right. And you, you know, he's, he's fun to hunt for. You win, you win. If you yeah. lose, you lose. There's no pressure. Just a good guy. Yeah. What I like about the most about Ashley is, you know, back with Philip and I used to run Perina real hard back, mm -hmm. uh, back when Prina was a lot different than it is today. Yeah. And it was pretty cutthroat back in the day. And the guys I hunted for back in those days, if you didn't win, you weren't keeping the dog very long. Yeah. And what I like about Ashley is, at, you know, back in those days, there was a lot of, you know, 
you had to be tough and you had to be hard and and you you had to fight for everything you got and a lot of times it 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 didn't you know it wasn't good for your reputation yeah. and different yeah. things and what i like about ashley is ashley wants us to win with class and lose with class yeah um, good way to be yes sir good way to be. yes sir and he won't he's told us straight up if uh, you get in a situation where things aren't going your way go home and there's another night don't yeah. Uh, don't do anything to to hurt his reputation yeah. or ours for that matter, yeah. and uh, and it takes a lot of pressure off. And yeah, I I yeah. like doing it this way. And I know I've seen watch you guys here in the last couple of years. The dogs you're hunting for him, you've done your fair share of winning with those yes, dogs. Sir. So he's giving you some good dogs to run with. Yeah. Well, he, and that's just like the dog that I have right now, uh, Abby Kim and Heat. And uh, I was I was so disappointed. And uh, we had been talking about trying to get another dog and. Uh, he got on the phone and we got this dog bought last Friday night. I was going to, I was get it, going to get to that. Yeah. Blue so, tick. Right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. So I went and picked her up Friday night. I took her to an RQE on Saturday. Uh, we just weaned pups off of her, uh, the week before we picked her up. So she wasn't really, uh, in very good shape and things didn't go like I wanted. But the thing was, was, uh, Ashley didn't beat around. I mean, he didn't waste any time. I yeah. mean, he knew I needed a dog and he got one he found one. He got her bought. We got the paper, thanks to you, we got the paperwork processed overnight, yeah. and uh, here we are, and now yeah. I got a dog to hunt. Peter Piper, I remember, he named the dog. Well, Peter we, changed, Piper. we changed her name. It's Blueberry Moonshine. <laughs> he changed it again. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. We told her we wasn't entering her. We were just going to write Piper down because that wasn't flying. <laughs> well, I went to that RQE Friday or Saturday, and uh, I just wrote Piper down on yeah. her entry. I was not writing that. Yeah. We, we thought it was funny, and he thought it was funny, too, but... Yeah. Uh, we still call her Piper, so anybody out there listening, if you hear us talk about Piper, uh, her registered name is now uh, Blueberry Moonshine. Okay, well, there you go. So, hey, let's back up a little bit. Your most memorable experience at Autumn Oaks. Philip, you go first. Uh, is that a tough three, one? Three years ago, everybody knows my Uncle Phil. He's had a liver transplant, and he's had a real hard time with it, but he's making strides and coming through. Three years ago, we got a, we had a grand night dog we called Woodrow, Mountain Tough Woodrow, and we got him in the Grand 16. It was the first time my Uncle Phil had ever, the second time he'd ever come to Autumn Oaks, and the first time he'd ever placed. And getting to do the interview with Steve, with Burke Holder out there for the for the podcast or for the play by play and all that with him, that, that's probably my favorite favorite Autumn Oaks moment. Yeah, just just making it for him. Yeah, yep. and uh, but his health made a big turnaround, and he's doing really good. So. I'd look for him to have something in the future here shortly. Yeah. What about you, Brian? Mine, obviously, was 1991. That place, first one. That very first one. That'd be hard to beat. Because, you know, I've I've obviously had a lot of, lot of, lot of wins over the years, but that's my most memorable because yeah. of my first one. I was, uh, I was young, and, and uh, I've had dogs. You know, I've coon hunted since I was a, child, a yeah. kid. And uh, Ike Huffman, uh, I don't know if a lot of y'all out there remember Ike Huffman, but Ike Huffman was a black and tan man many years ago and Ike Huffman's the one that got me into coon hunting when I was uh probably 10 or 11 years old and and I've been around the competition world since I was young but to be able to come to Autumn Oaks with my own dog and and to place in a hunt of this magnitude yeah. uh at that age in my very first competition hunt I'll never forget that one yeah and that'll be hard to beat that yeah. feeling that feeling will be hard to beat yeah. you know obviously I've got bigger aspirations now than fourth place registered but yeah that'll be hard to beat yeah well, you said 91 was your first. Yours was closer to the 2000s or whatever. Mm -hmm. But even just since then, to us, that doesn't seem that long ago. But it's really been 20-plus years, mm -hmm. almost 30 years for you, you know. But things, a lot of things have changed. 
lot of things, you know, are the same still, but there's also a lot of, it's a lot different. Autumn Oaks does look different than it used to. Yes, sir. Do you like then or now? I like now, obviously now. Um, I like I like some of the rule changes that that's been in. Uh, we got now. Grand Sixteen's kind of a good deal. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a, I love the format. I mean, you know, the the Grand Sixteen. You've just got to have enough to get in, and then it goes to that cast win. Just win and you're in. Yeah. And you know, used to you're out there fighting tooth and nail for every coon you can tree, and it's just so much easier. Yeah. I mean, it it's not easy to get in the Grand Sixteen, but the, just to when you go out and know. I don't have to run a score up. I just got to win a cast. Yeah, win, like win or tree a couple of coon, and you've got a good chance of getting in. Mm-hmm. Yep, no me, yeah. Hey guys, I appreciate you taking the time here, sit down this morning, but uh, appreciate you always coming to our events and stuff. And and thanks, and and have a have a good weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Good luck oh, in the hunt. Yes, thank sir. You. We appreciate you and everything UKC does for for us in the coonhound world. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, you heard about their first time at Autumn Oaks. Uh, Brian there, you know, who comes to Autumn Oaks on the first year and places in the registered category. That sure didn't happen to me. <laughs> no. but, but, yeah, I always uh, enjoy having these guys around here. So Yeah, two good ones. Enjoyed yep. that. Uh, next one I had on was Dave Myers, also from Pennsylvania. Uh, had a chance to pull Dave away from the show over there. He had a busy weekend. Him and him and his wife, Kelly, were showing a bunch of dogs. He had dogs entered each night in the hunt, and uh, I was glad I was able to pull Dave away for a shorter interview. Hope you enjoy this interview. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Uh, sitting here with Dave Myers. Uh, just pulled you away from the confirmation show building over there. What's going on, Dave? Oh, not too much. Just out here enjoying the nice weather this weekend and looking forward to a good event. Yeah. Hey, where, where are you from, Dave? I live in New Florence, Pennsylvania, uh, about 50 miles east of Pittsburgh. How far of a drive is this for you? Takes us about five and a half hours. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. How long have you been coming down to Oaks? This year will be my 15th year straight. I started coming back in 2008. Wow. Well, hey, that's pretty cool. 15 <laughs> years, that's nothing to nothing to sneeze at at all. Uh, have you been primarily camping out here, or did you just start uh, doing that recently? My wife, Kelly, and I, we started camping out here in 2014, was the first year we camped out here. Very nice. And been camping out here every year since. Kind of got your location that you try to get every year. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good spot over there. Yeah. We've got some friends we meet, you know, we all meet up with. They're from West Virginia, and, you know, we see them a couple times a year, and this is one of the good times we get together. And Yeah. Well, hey, Dave, how long have you been in the Coonhounds? How did you get into it? I got into Coonhounds. It's it's kind of, kind of a long story, but I can condense it down a little yeah, bit. But yeah. I was, when I was growing up, my dad used to, talk about having coon dogs and he had them when he was younger and he had gotten out of them uh he probably in the 80s yeah and i just remember you know always hearing him stories it kind of fascinated me and and uh he had some old magazines from back like 1980 and some old coonhound magazines and i'd find some of them and i'd look through them and read the stories and and uh i never really had a breed of choice chosen yet but there was one ad that always jumped out at me it was tennessee big wheel ad okay whenever ed abel bought him yeah and i just had that dog burned into my mind and always wanted one like that well at the time i wasn't allowed to get a coon hound yet i was still fairly young and i'd say i was about 13 when i got my first coon hound he ended up he was a half blue tick half walker 
and he ended up dying on me at about six months old. Uh, so then later that summer, I was looking through a local uh, classified ads, and I found a there was a guy who had a litter of train walker pups, and they were grade female or grade pups, and he was uh, selling them I think fifty bucks a piece. So my mom, she drove me up there. We I picked one out, and I had the guy he he let them all out, and I didn't really know what I was looking for at the time, and I just seen this little one. You know, she kind of veered off by herself, and I. I remember reading that somewhere about in one of the magazines, like, oh, that's what you look for. So I grabbed that one and and I started uh started doing some drags and stuff for her and she uh she started doing well on that and uh just started taking her out there that that coon season. It opened up in October that year. I took her out, she was still a pup and I was hunting on her farm there and she just went up through there and it was the very first live raccoon she's ever treated for me. She went up there, and I just heard her open a few times on track, and then she made this weird bark, you know, which at the time I didn't realize what a locate meant. Right, yeah. And she just rolled it over. <laughs> and I'll never forget that feeling. You know, I walked in that tree. She had that, that raccoon was just up there looking right down at me, and I knocked that one to her. And and uh, from there, I was hooked, you know. The- and that then, uh, that feeling of a of a dog that you've raised and trained the first time they look up that is one of the my favorite parts oh, of your yeah. hunting. You yeah. can't you're floating to a tree. Yeah, <laughs> I I had a blast with it too. And that, you know, I started out it was it was fairly primitive. You know the way I started out with it too because I didn't have I didn't know anybody else around me that that had hunted. Yeah, and so I I started out. I had I used to carry a three cell mag light. I'd stick it in my back pocket. And my dad had, it was a plastic body carbide light, and it had the stainless steel bezel. And there, up in top of my pap's garage, there was a canister, a union carbide for it. So I used that as my walking light. And I only did that for a couple months. And then I saved up some money and I bought a little, you know, an actual light for hunting and advanced from there but i still never had a tracking system until years later yeah <laughs> i used the old cowbell yeah but what uh, uh when, when did you make or what caused you to make the transition into competing with your dog son well the way i got involved in that is there was a dairy farm around the house there that you know a bunch of us young kids we'd work at and the farmer his son had a blue tick and we'd always talked about coon hunting and stuff back and forth and one older guy that He'd come down to the farm once in a while. He went one night with us, and he got he got the bug, and he ended up, he went and he bought some blue ticks. And just by chance, how it all happened, because where he lived, that was right on a main road. And it just so happened that Scott Hogan was driving past his house. I grew up about, about 10, 15 minutes from Scott and Connie. Okay. And he just happened to be driving past Dave's house, and he seen that he had these blue ticks, and he's, I wonder who this guy is. And he pulled in and started talking to him. So I met Scott through our buddy, Dave Grigg. And we got to know each other. And then I went along with Scott and Dave to my very first competition hunt. Yeah. And it was at a club down in Claysburg, Pennsylvania. And I just went down along there, rode along. I spectated that night. Right. On the hunt. Yep. Uh, and... We ended up, we went out and we had a, 
was just a two dog cast. It was, I want to say it was in, I'd say that was around December of that year. But anyway, went out and I was just kind of hooked, you know, listening to them dogs working and, and, you know, how they were scoring them and everything like that. And I made my mind up that night that I wanted to get a dog that I could compete in this stuff with. At the time, the bench shows were all kind of like a back burner. Yeah. Um, Never really thought anything of it. Well, then Scott's dad, Jim Hogan, he had he had some walker dogs and some black dogs. And he was looking at selling the one walker female he had. He called her Annie. And then he had a black dog he called Cowboy. And I was interested... At the time, I was a little more interested in the Walker female because she already had cast wins on her. She was sure she was a little more proven than Cowboy was, but then he had decided to keep Annie, so that made Cowboy available. Oh. And I went hunting with Scott and Dave that one night, and we treated raccoon, we shot it down and whatnot, and well, we pulled over to Scott's dad's house and we go in his basement now scott's dad he had in his basement he had it wasn't finished or anything like that but he had he had a couch down there and he had all his trophies along the one wall a bunch of memorabilia there and that was the first time i met him and i asked him about this dog he had for sale and he he tells scott he says go and bring him down from the kennel well as soon as scott brought that dog through the door and i looked at him and it sounds a little cliche but it was like i looked at him and i said that's what I want. You yeah. Know, he's, he was picture perfect in my eyes. Well, then Jim tells him, he says, why don't you go get what, you know, go get that raccoon you guys got tonight. So Scott brings it through the door and that dog just came unhinged. And I thought, interesting, you know, it was pretty, <laughs> right. pretty cool. Well, then, uh, Scott's telling me, he says, well, he said, that's not all with this dog. He says, he's put together. You need to show him. I said, well, I don't know anything about that. Well, he, he puts a dog up on the bench, and he gave me, like, a quick crash course on how to set a dog up. And uh, so I told Jim at the time, you know, I was still a younger kid. I was about 19, and I still had some bills and all that stuff. You know, I just bought a new truck. I had all that stuff to pay, and I was I, – I asked him, I said, well, can you hold the dog till Friday? I'll stop by and pay and pick him up then. And he says, yeah, and – I think I made it about a night, and it was just burning me. I had to get that dog. So I yeah. I called Jim up. I said, can I come get that dog and pay you Friday? He said, if you got a place to keep him where it's nice and warm, you can come get him. So I went and got him. He rode in the passenger side of the truck, and I took him home. And, and uh, well, then they talked me into showing him, and I, I got the bug for showing dogs then. And at the time, I still hunted them. Uh, and we we had some good wins together. Uh, we won some category wins at state shows. Uh, Two thousand eight, I went to the Ohio State, and he won the whole show that year. Uh, he uh, winter classic in two thousand nine in Albany. That was the first the first uh, national show I ever won a trophy or a category at, and that was with Cowboy. Yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, he got. He got hit on the road in a night hunt. Oh man! But he, uh, he on that night he had to cast one. We had 15 minutes to go, and just got out of the pocket. And he, uh, 
on that night, I was I was rushing to try to get him into the night champion. Yeah. You know, he, he needed one more win. I wanted to finish him out. I had to drive down to Virginia, down to Culpeper. I needed that one last win on him to finish him so I could show him in the dual champion category at Winter Classic that year. And Jeez. that just, you know, fate happened. And so uh, I was fortunate, though. I did, I did raise a litter of pups off of him. Well, that's and, so I had a dog off of him, a young dog. His name was Geronimo, and he was the first dog I ever finished out. I finished him to uh, – he was a night champion, grand field champion, grand show champion, and he had his HDX title. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, the dual purpose, that's, that's something that you're really – It's something I've always strived for. Yeah, you know, and I, you've, you've had some, some real luck with that. Besides the one you talked about, I know – uh, you you even had uh, the dog like Doc Holiday, like you had uh, later on, is a yeah. dog that had the HTX titles, but also won some real major shows as well. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Doc Doc has been a special dog for us for yeah. sure. And uh, I never pushed him in the competition hunts. He had I I hunted him by himself because mostly if I, I was worried if I put him in a hunt, he he had a bad habit of jumping at the tree. Okay. Yeah. And I knew, I knew with that combined with you know, it could it could just lead if to you headaches. get with the wrong dog, it can cause some issues. Yeah. I understand that. So, so I figured I wasn't going to go down that road. Yeah, it's funny we're talking about dual purpose hounds, and uh, I'm looking at my watch here. It's three thirty at five o'clock. Our national dual championship entries open up. Our confirmations open up. You got one entered tonight? Or are I, you planning on entering one? I do actually. I got a got a young dog. He's he's actually off a dock holiday. And a uh, female I had that I had I'd gotten off of uh, David Harrison and Valen Nelson and George Estes. Her name was uh, Night Champion Grand. Uh, she was Night Champion Grandfield Champion Grand Champion. Uh, Shanker Estes, or no, Little Walnut Black Galaxy. Okay. She was off of off of Shanker Estes Smoking Jake Two, and Valen Nelson's. Uh, uh, Black Genesis female. That's a dog you've hunted in this in this hunt before, right? I I have, yeah. yeah. She was the first dog I actually entered in this yeah. event. What do you think about the national dual championship? I I think it's a great yeah. it's a great idea. It's a great concept. Yeah, I mean I I like the way it's ran and and I know you're a big part of the Black and Tan Association. It's something you've got has kind of adopted a little bit. Just last year, I think was the first. Oh year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's something we started to do. I mean. And and in the breed of black tans, I mean, we got a lot of guys. They take great pride yeah. in in promoting that that style of dog. You yeah, know? absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, I had a chance to talk to you. I pulled over Joe. I know he's one of your camping buddies oh, over yeah. there. Yeah, I know and, Joe uh, very well. Uh, two guys who who both uh, ex who have who enjoy competing in the show ring, but also in, uh, competing in the woods. I think it's good for some listeners to hear that. You know. They, I think they only see one side of things. They think you have to do one or the other, but there's a big group of folks that can ex that can do both and excel in both. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's. I've always felt the dogs should should look the part and be able to perform the part. Right. You know, and I mean, there's. It's it's been a blast. You know, yeah. it sure has been. But like this young dog I'm hunting tonight, he's he's off a of dock in Galaxy. Yeah. And I I didn't get him pre-entered because. He was still still a registered dog. I needed to pick up him last couple wins, and I I was able to get it done before you know before <laughs> the event. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. You Absolutely. Know, it's, it'd be a be a great feeling to be able to pull off a, a win, you know, a cast win, and be able to compete in the show with him. So we'll 
We'll see, huh? Yeah, we'll see. Well, you got the National Duel Championship tonight. What else you got on tap for the weekend? Did you I, enter any of the show or hunt for the weekend? Well, my wife, she's got she's got a registered black and tan female. We call her Laurel Valley Treetop Teeter. Okay. And we got her off of Bill Mack out in black and tan days. So she'll be showing as a registered female. Then on Saturday, we got a grand champion black and tan male, which is Gilman's Good Time Blues. That name is familiar to folks, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Good year this year for that dog. Yeah, we've had a great year with him. And then uh, she may have wrote me into possibly showing a walker dog on Saturday. <laughs> right. It's still up in the air yet, but that would be her female off of her boondocker dog, the Laurel Valley Backwoods Bombshell. Okay. But I may get roped into that. It'd be the first time I ever showed a walker dog here in the main show. <laughs> There'll be pictures everywhere, Dave. I'm sure it happens. <laughs> Did you enter Bojack in either of the hunt or I the got, Friday night? I got Bojack entered for Friday night in the in the grand night yeah. portion of it. Yeah. I, I was going to hopefully get him entered in the dual champion hunt, but I got Rocky in there. and uh, Rocky been... Rocky's been having a hot hand here lately, and it just means a little more being that he's a he's a pup that that we had raised. Sure, and you know we had had some good help with him along the way. I mean, it's kind of a story how we got him back and whatnot. And but uh, you know, it's well that way you keep them both fresh. Yep, exactly. <laughs> there you go, man. Well, hey, Dave, I won't take a bunch of your time. I know you you had a long confirmation show over there. It's time to eat now. Oh, yeah. Before the dual championship stuff gets here. But I appreciate you sitting down with me. I want to wish you luck this weekend, and uh, I just appreciate you being here. Hey, thank you, and thank you guys for all you do here for us. You know, we appreciate it. I, I guess when I talked to Dave, we didn't realize he, he – uh, I think Kelly had some uh, some luck in the registered uh, portion of the show. I think they took home best male with a dog named Teeter, black and tan. And then he also won his cast in the Grands. It wasn't enough to get in the Grand 16, but him and Bo Jack were able to get a cast win. So congratulations to Dave on a good weekend. Yeah, two good people in the sport. Yeah. So my uh, next uh, interview you're going to hear from is Mr. Chris Powell, Houndsman XP. He is one of the first guys to put out hound content in the, on the platform like these podcasts or whatever. So uh uh, he was a, uh, a DNR, involved with the DNR in the state of Indiana, coon hunted, and he has just been a great source to, uh, to uh, be, have, have, uh, uh, to be friends with and everything. Just a good friend of mine, has been for a lot of years, and I reached out to him on a lot of different levels, and, and we've rabbit hunted together and things like that, and always enjoy Chris. So I got to sit down with him, and we talked about some of the early, his experience podcasting and things like that. So here's Chris. Morning, Chris. How are you? Hey, Alan. How you doing, man? Yeah, I was going Saturday morning here at Autumn Oaks, riding around on my golf court this morning, and there's Chris <laughs> Powell walking around the crowd out there. Yes. How have you been? You find anybody walking around this place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When did you get here? Uh, we were here, uh, we got set up Thursday morning. Yeah, you've got your podcast stuff here. Yeah. Out set up with uh, yep. uh, Mr. Nixon out there. Yep. Yeah, with the Cajun Light Company, but uh, yeah, I wanted—I saw you out there, and I wanted to bring you on. One of the things I wanted to talk about is uh, you were one of the pioneers of the <laughs> hunting dog pod or houndsman podcast, and everybody's kind of trying to follow you around a little bit. Huh? Well, I'll tell you what—it's pretty cool, Alan, because that's what we set out to do. You know, to to start telling our story as houndsmen and uh, doing that through the podcast medium, and now UKC has a third of a building set up for 
you know, hound podcasts yeah. and different things. Yeah. I don't even know how many podcasts there are out there now. Yeah, but. there's quite a few. You know, I used to always, whenever yours dropped every week, you know, you'd listen to it right at that time. And then there's a couple more that you always, and I can't even keep up with them now. Yeah. I still listen to a lot of them, you know, but not on the day they drop. But it's good that you can go still go back and uh, and do that. So let's, uh, what, uh, what's, what's your... A uh, whole network looking like these days. I know you're oh my you're covering a whole lot. You're traveling a lot, aren't you? Traveling a lot. Um, you know, trying to do as many on the road, in person podcast interviews as we can. You know, travel is tough, and and um, just being able to get out there and I want to be able to go to people and talk to people from every segment. You know, whether it's coon hunter or it's a bear hunter, or it's a Southwest lion hunter. And we're just trying to do all of that stuff. So. I remember that was kind of your uh, that was kind of your goal from the onset, and you've really stuck with that, and you've done that all throughout. Yeah, yeah. The the thing that I really enjoy doing, it's one of the most overlooked things, and and I think a lot of times coon hunters in the east don't recognize it, um, is the constant fight we're in to maintain our abilities to free cast hounds. So. Um, I appeared on the National Deer Alliance or National Deer Association podcast here a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. where we're sitting down and we're opening up those lines of conversations with deer hunters because they seem to be one of the most challenging groups for yeah. us to work with as houndsmen. And, uh, you know, just trying to trying to constantly build those bridges within the hunting community because we're not big enough on our own to stand. Right. stand so we've right. got to find friends. Right. And hunters are our friends. Yeah. Well, so those of our listeners who uh, may not be uh, know who you are, I'm here with the Chris Paul with the Houndsman XP podcast. So uh, <laughs> that yeah. and ten cents will might get you a cup well, of coffee. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's uh, the versatility that you have uh, with your podcast. Is you know you've went up north hare hunting with me a time or two. It's best and, trip of the year. Well, there you go. But we've re a couple different settings that we've done podcasts with you. You know, sitting around the campfire there. Yeah setting a, a, a speaker, a, 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 a microphone out in the middle and just a, a couple of guys sitting around the campfire talking. Yeah. About I, love hunt. I love that. Yeah. Another one you and I did was on the way home from a hare hunting trip in the vehicle while yeah. I'm driving down the road. I loved it. It's like and, we were trying to land a 737 yeah. with the headsets <laughs> on and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I love that one, yeah. you know, and I've actually done a couple when just to get out of away from all the noise at an event or something where I just sat in the truck with somebody and recorded. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, you can do things like that. but uh, So this has probably taken you to places you might not have otherwise went to, you think? This, oh, yeah, it's opened up. It's opened Mexico, up so many. you were talking about Mexico, New Mexico. New Mexico. Places, yeah, mm -hmm. new places. Like yeah, that. I mean, just uh, some of the doors it's opened up and the access to tell other houndsmen stories that, that you know, the uh, Eastern hunter might not be familiar with, but right. also the Western crowd, like Kevin and Nancy Hall with Dogs Are right. Creed, are here at Autumn Oaks. They are. First time. Yeah, because of the relationship that we built with them. And so we're striking. They they enjoy the, the stories from back east. You know, Kevin is totally um, infatuated with competition coon hunting, wants to know all about it. Yeah. And, and yeah. so he had to come out here and see it for himself. I met some other people from Idaho, uh, from headquarters, Idaho, that that stopped by the booth yeah and like how'd you hear about it well we listened to the podcast we had to see it and i grew yeah. up in ohio and i thought you know this is a time to go back and yeah 
and see this. I mean, it is Autumn Oaks is something that every houndsman should see at least once in their lifetime. There's no, no other event like it. Yeah, well, I don't know if you were here in the building last night, but we had, uh, I think we ended up with right close to 500 dogs we hunted last night, but this wow. place here was packed last yes. night. We've got more vendors again this year. You know, uh, in 2020, when we had COVID, we had kind of a uh, kind of a, an abbreviated version of Autumn yeah. Oaks. We still had it, but we really limited it to only hunter or handlers, you know, and entrance no spectators really, you know, so, uh, but since then it's, it's kind of risen every year it's risen. And now I feel this feels a little bit more like 2015, 16 did. You Houndsmen know? are resilient. Mm -hmm. You know, they just, they, they see what comes up and then boom, they're bouncing right back. Yeah. And the crowds are good. Yeah. The entries are good. Yeah. The weather has been, it's going to get a little hot today, but the weather's been yeah. good, yeah. you know, and it's just, it's just an event that, you just need to come and see it. Yeah. I don't, if you're listening to this in the West, then you need to make plans next year to come out East for a week, Labor Day weekend, and come see Autumn Oaks. You got yeah. to. Richmond, Indiana. So just really quickly, uh, you have also, you're also a hunter, coon hunter. Oh, yeah. You've, uh, and you've had some successes here. You've dabbled with plot hounds a little bit. And, yeah. Uh, and you've also had one of the most, uh, most uh, popular uh, uh, blue ticks in the country. Dog name country. Yeah. Big country. Big country. Yeah. What what have been some of your uh, most memorable experiences here at Autumn Oaks? You know, I, in I, terms I, of hunting, maybe. Hunting. You know, one of the most memorable ones that I had was when I was hunting Boone, which was a plot. And mm -hmm. um, we were high scoring plot for the weekend and took home that award from the National Plot Association. Yeah. Uh, National Plot Hound, MPHA. And, uh, you know, just, just, hunting wise that would be it we placed a couple dogs that year and and um it's just been fun i mean i remember the days when the the center the show show building wasn't there and yeah. there was oak trees out here and yeah. and this was it you know yeah. so to see what it's become is mm -hmm. just amazing yeah so chris i don't want to take up any more of your time i know you're going to go out and do a podcast with tree talking time i think yep. so uh yeah. So, but I appreciate you stopping in here. Man, and, I appreciate you, Alan. I appreciate and, all the, you know, all the fun times we've had together. And exactly. Well, more. I was just going to say, I really appreciate the friendship we've had yeah. over the years, too. You bet. Thank you. You bet. Well, there you go. A guy has a wealth of knowledge on a lot of different levels, you know, a lot of different things. But I hope you enjoyed that podcast with Chris. And always, always good to have him at the events. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, my last interview of the weekend, uh, I was able to get Lee Hogan in. He was overworking the BBOA table. Uh, Lee, we talk about him a lot on this podcast, especially in uh, for dogs, Hall of Fame stuff. Uh, he, he does a little bit of everything. He travels all over the country with his uh, blue ticks and uh, got a couple of walkers as well, competing in night hunts, bench shows, field trial, water races. He does a little bit of everything, confirmation shows, HTX titles. His dog's names are a mile long, and uh, I appreciate. I wanted to give Lee a chance to talk on the platform because uh, appreciate all he does for UKC. So here's my interview with Lee Hogan. All right, y'all, back here Thursday afternoon at Autumn Oaks, and now I got Mr. Lee Hogan with me. What's going on, Lee? Oh, not much. Just sitting at the BBOA table, selling memberships today. Oh, they put you to work, huh? Yep. You thought you didn't get a, get to come up here and be on vacation, but they put you to work. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get away from it. Well, Lee, hey, where are you from? You're from somewhere up in Wisconsin, right? I'm from Rudolph, Wisconsin, about the center of the state. Are you up there in porcupine country or what? Nope, just south of it. Just south of there. That's what I get so worried about up north, too far north. 
you hear the guys in PA, northern Wisconsin, northern Michigan talking about them porcupines, and I've never dealt with them, knock on wood, and I don't ever want to have to. But I've seen a dog or two stuck with them up in northern Michigan. And, ooh, ooh, yeah. It's a mess at, you know, midnight, 2 in the morning. What about what about wolves? Uh, we got some right close to us there, but most of that's more north, too. Yeah. I guess I've talked to you're, you hang out with Matrix a lot, Matrix Disco from up there from around. He always talks about them being more in like the big uh, game, like the game preserves up there where there's not much. Yeah, we got population. a lot of big tracks of public land. Yeah. And that's where they kind of hang out to get away from people, huh? Well, hey, Lee, let's talk a little bit. You know, anybody who's listened to this podcast at all has heard me and Alan talk about some of your dogs uh, that have made Hall of Fame and different different events that we do and stuff but tell us a little bit about how you got started into hunting and into coonhounds so i actually started with plot dogs when i was like five or six years old my uncle got me into it and then bought my first blue dog i think i was 14 15 somewhere in that age range and it stuck yeah have you always competed with them no my cousins actually got into the comp stuff before i did and then I was about 18 when I got started going to the events. Yeah. What, which did, did you get uh, started in a certain event or did you just kind of jump in them all at once? They started doing shows with my old Wally dog. Okay. And then I went and I got heavy into field trial water race. Yeah. Now you do every, a little bit of everything depending on how many dogs you got with you and how much sleep you got, huh? Yep. <laughs> Whatever we got time for. That's right. That's right. So uh, I know big game hunting's pretty big up there. Have you stuck primarily to the coon hunting stuff? I have because I've just never had a job that worked out to get into the bear hunting, going up north every weekend, all the prep work. Right. That makes it tough, yeah, for sure. So uh, so one thing that uh, when I first met you, you had both uh, kind of a certain line of walker dogs that you worked with and also a certain line of blue tick dogs that you worked with. Were both of those ones that you've had for a while and you just kind of like some trades from both of them, so you tried to continue them on? The Walker Dogs was just something that I ended up with. Yeah. Um, the old TJ dog. Yeah. And then he was actually a bear dog that got chewed on one too many times and wouldn't stick with Mean Bear anymore, and then that's where the mouse and JT dog came from. Oh, yeah, from. right. Yeah. But then the Blue Dogs, you, how many generations down are you now kind of in your breeding for those? Um, Everything's... Pretty much everything I got now is off of the Jazz Dog, and I think we'd be on third generation, so like Trouble wow. would be third generation. Yeah, yeah, and and so one thing that, uh, you know, whenever I see you guys pull an event, you or Matrix, either one, they have a pile of dogs with all that you have. Um, I don't know, you guys field trial water race them. Is there a way that you practice your dogs somewhere? Do you have ponds or field uh, trial courses near you? Field trial, we just... There's not, just a about of, anywhere. not a <laughs> lot of practicing that goes into it. If they'll run a track at night, they should run a laid drag. Yeah, yeah. And then our local club there, the Dairyland Club, yeah. we have a pond, so we go up there and swim a little bit. I got you. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, let's talk about some of your favorite dogs, some of the ones that, w- that you've had that made Grand Champion Hall or have made Hall of Fames in different avenues, Grand Champion Hall of Fame dogs, Grand Water Champion Hall of Fame dogs, Grand Field Champion Hall of Fame dogs. Are there a few in your mind that stick out, some of your favorite dogs? Can you tell me a little bit about them? Jimbo would probably be the one I would bring up. So that would be a litter mate to the Ruby dog. Okay. I'm sure everybody knows, especially here, she made the Grand 16 a couple years ago. Was it 20 20, or 21? 2020. 2020, okay. Yeah. And so uh, that was kind of a – you have a few dogs off that litter. Did you keep most of the dogs off that litter? I kept two females, so that would be Sadie, who's – 
Grand Water and Grand Show and just made field champion. And then Ruby were the two I kept as puppies. Yeah. And actually neither one of them was a pick puppy. There was eight puppies in that litter and all of them went out okay. to get picked from. Yeah. Ruby was the runt and she was just a little hellion. Everybody They're, overlooked her, huh? Yep. People brought their kids and I had like a kennel on a trailer. Yeah. And the kids were playing with the puppies and she was grabbing the back of flip flops, knocking kids over at, you know, eight weeks old. Yeah. What, I, I like Ruby. I, I know. And I wouldn't put a lot of people on the spot because I don't think they would know. But I know that, you know, without even asking you, what all titles does she have right now? She is the first ever five way grand. So grand confirmation. And then your normal quad grand. So she is confirmation grand champion grand night three grand water four grand field hall of fame grand show hall of fame hgx four h yeah not a bad resume for and if you brought her in here she'd be the calmest dog in the building just yep, sitting right she beside would probably you. lay down right there and sleep <laughs> <laughs> she knows when to turn it on and off doesn't yep. she yeah that's so impressive to me so, but she, yeah she just made 20x grand wow a couple of months ago here wow and uh, what other dogs have you had that made? Cujo recently made Hall of Fame, right? He recently made Grand Water Hall of Fame, so he's the first blue dog to do it. Yeah. And then he's a Grand Show 3, Grand Field 2, and actually just finished him to Grand Night. Yeah. You're kind of done competing with Ruby, I think, from a late, uh, conversation we've had in the past. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. I but mean, I still, still swim her here and there. Yeah. But nothing. She's just a house dog I'm hoping to get puppies out of. You're, you're still pretty actively competing with Cujo, right? Yeah, now I think Trouble will be the next one up. Yeah, what's it? What's Trouble out of? Cujo and then the Naughty Dog. Okay, okay. Yeah, how many dogs you got on the place right now? 17. 17, I got you. All blue dogs now? You got a couple walker dogs. I still got the two walker dogs. Blue Everything walker. else is blue. I got you. Got you. Well, hey, you go to a lot of events a year. Is there a couple that you always circle that you try to hit every year that you really like more than a few others? Um, We try to hit up. The breed days that have the field trial water race is just because you can still run grands and champions split. Yeah. So uh, red bone days red, is one I Both red bone with. days we try to hit. Leopard days has had it a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm drawing a blank on some of them. But, uh, yeah. And then also you guys have and the, the Heartland Classic. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say the Heartland Classic is one we always try to make it to. Now, anybody who's never been to the Heartland Classic, you, when you hear people talk about it, they'll talk about – uh, the hunt and the four wheeler and in the past few years they've had a show with 40 dogs a day with yeah. a really impressive show but the thing that uh that really caught me off guard when i went to it for the first time was uh when you drive out to where they have the field trial and the water race and how many dogs were there and just how serious it is out there when that happens yeah you get some of the bear field trial dogs and bear water dogs that there's usually some kind of overall prize that they got their eye on so. yeah yeah, that's uh, that's that's something I guess I didn't know and just not familiar with. When I where I'm from and down in Tennessee, we don't have a lot of field trials or water races anymore. But up there, you guys have uh, big standalone water race and field trial competitions where where big money is yeah is on the line. Calcutta, right? yeah, it's an all day event. Yeah, do you have kind of a favorite uh, a favorite one of the four events I guess between the night hunt, field trial, water race, bench show? I would have to say the water race. Yeah, because you can see everything. Yeah, you can watch everything that's going on you can kind of learn dogs tendencies go left go right i guess i've never even thought of that you have like a when you're when you're picking your spot i won't we won't give out any secrets but you have a spot in the in the box you like to put a dog in depending on which dog it is yep 
Jeez, a lot of stuff goes into that. I guess you don't think about it really. But, man, Lee, I appreciate I pulled you away from the table. I know you're supposed to be over there taking memberships, but I appreciate you sitting down with me. Uh, one of our biggest supporters here at UKC at a lot of events a year with a lot of different dogs. And, obviously, uh, the titles show it. Your name is out there. You've made a good name for yourself in the sport, and, and we appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. There we go, Mr. Lee Hogan. The reason I'm going to get uh, – arthritis and carpal tunnel one day from <laughs> typing out his dog's names over and over again <laughs> yeah. at these breed day events they have a lot of titles on them <laughs> they absolutely do sure do so yeah <laughs> great great guy there so uh my next interview was uh we mentioned it last week that i finally had the chance to meet kevin and nancy hall i've talked to them on the phone and uh it was going to be their first time at autumn oak so i had the chance to to kind of show them around a little bit uh they're uh, one day I had him on my golf cart and we drove around for a little bit and I showed him around. But then we went back and sat down and talked a little bit and I sure en enjoyed the conversation with them and getting to know them. So uh, uh, just two uh, fantastic people that love the sport and their first time at Autumn Oaks. And I think they were uh, I think they enjoyed it as well. But uh, hope you enjoy this uh, conversation with Kevin and Nancy Hall from Idaho. Well, Nancy, Kevin. I appreciate you stopping in here with me on Saturday afternoon here at Autumn Oaks, but uh, all the way from Incom, Idaho. Welcome to Autumn Oaks. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Alan. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's not only our first Autumn Oaks, it's the first coon hunt. Is right? it really? Yeah, yeah, I was looking up UKC coon hunts on the web to see what's the closest to us, and it was New Mexico. Really? So it's not just ours, it's Fred, days to Fred, get to one. Fred Moore. Yes. Is that, is that, yeah. do I have it right? Yeah, Fred the New Mexico Houndsman yeah. Association That's have That's a hunt it. down there. See, speaking so. of that, I remember something that they have a different type of, different species of raccoon that is not a raccoon. What is that? What am I thinking? Do you know what I'm talking about? Out of my league on that one, I wouldn't know. Because I, I remember know. we've had those talks. They asked if that would be fair game for no. them to pursue, and it was not our was not our it's a different a variation of the species that i never heard of before heard of interesting yeah so yeah so i remember so, we, go ahead the first night hunt first night hunt for both of us and yeah first autumn oaks so you did go to did you go out on a cast at we all? have not you have not yeah it's too bad you can't do that because that's kind of interesting well they're still tonight we yeah may make it yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so what what uh what did you expect is it about what you expected maybe I think so, yeah. you know, because we'd had a lot of people tell us, oh, you're going to love it. It's really, really big. And so, yeah, I, I think so for me, it has been. But the people have been amazing. Yeah. So supportive. A lot of people know our company. Right. Um, Dogs, and they are have, treed. Right? Dogs are treed. Yeah. <laughs> and they've come specifically over and said, oh, my goodness, you know, we're so glad you're here and and all of that. But then there's a lot of other people that, that didn't know. And now, yeah. they, now they do. And they've been mm. just super excited to Good. meet us. So that's been very fun. We're excited to meet everyone as well. Yeah. I kind of got to get or got to know you folks through Chris Powell with the Houndsman XP podcast. Right. You know? and, and, right. Uh, Chris has been a good friend of mine for a lot of years. And uh, so, yeah, we've been, you mentioned dogs are treed. We've got, so we've, uh, uh, we've had some connections here. UKC has, and just recently kind of became a sponsor of some of our events. So we're very tickled about that. You have some very good products. Great. And, thank uh, but you. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. What kind of products do you offer out there? Yeah, we're excited to be part of that. Um, and what we offered uh, UKC was our tie-outs, our safety tie-out system, which is a cable tie-out right. system with a long main line and then short leads to clip the dogs to. Mm -hmm. And of all the products we sell, it outsells everything we've got by far. 
and well, it's been extremely successful. Well, see, the first one, I, I went on your site and ordered me one about, I don't know, I'm going to say a year ago or maybe longer than that because I wanted to try it out myself. I have beagles too, and, uh, and that's what I use mine for, and especially when I go hare hunting and things like that. That is the handiest tool to have. Up Look. there in that country, there it's so rocky, and it's hard to get a stake in the ground. Mm -hmm. You know, and your your tie-out is so versatile. I don't even need a stake, really. It works great with yeah. a stake if you can, but there I can tie it to a couple trees mm -hmm. easily and things like that. Right. It works perfectly Fence for me. Fence post, your bumper, whatever you exactly. can anchor and to. And I do and that a lot. Stretch it out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You can add a ratchet strap to it at some point. Yeah. And stretch it the opposite direction yeah. and get, get it nice yeah. and taut. So, yeah, folks should go on to the website and look up Dogs Are Tree, and I'm sure they can find your website there. But, yeah, yes. so so you kind of have a lot of hound supplies. So you, what do. is your biggest customer? So one of the things that we learned when we first started thinking about doing an e-commerce business online is that we had some business mentors that really drove it down to what do you want to do for your customer. And for us, we want to provide a service. And... Obviously, to do that in the hound hunting world, there are lots of supplies that, that hound hunters would need or hunters in general. And so everything that we create, we put that in, in mind as to how can we serve our customer and what, how can we do that with the products that we have. And mm -hmm. so a lot of that is why we have our hydration products and our, we created a paw balm called Paws Are Protected. Right. And... I can't think of right now, we've got leashes and things like that, but it really just comes down to, number one, we mostly have, I don't think we've had, but just a couple of five-star reviews that were not five-stars. Yeah. Every single thing on all of our products has always been a five-star review, except yeah. for just a couple who might have done a four, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so to us, that matters. Yeah. We, we want to provide sure. good qu sure. quality. There's product. other products out there similar to ours, but we take our 50 years of experience in hunting with dogs and mold it to the product to, to produce something that works to solve right. problems for people. Yeah. To put yeah. something in the field. There's nothing worse than buying something that's been a good money and it doesn't work yeah. the way it was intended. Yeah. And yeah. We, that's, the process is very important to us. Yeah, you know, and, and like uh, th that tie-out thing is for me, that's, that always stays in my box, you know. And actually, yeah. uh, you, you now also have the bags that you can get for those to put those in. And I, right. when I talked to you on the phone the other day, I mentioned that I wanted to get a bag for that. And then you brought me one, so yeah. I appreciate that. And as long yeah. as you've got your bag, you're good to go. Your tie-out <laughs> yeah. system's complete. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. One of the things that's fun, too, and was our original intent as well, is to make sure that we also have products that reach out beyond beyond hound hunting. Yeah. You know, obviously, there yeah. are so many different areas that people hunt in, bird right. dogs, et cetera, and yeah. all of that. And so people are taking a very good interest in that, yeah. and we're, we're able to re or branch out. Yeah. So that's yeah. nice. And yes. we're trying to build something for the future because I'm looking at retirement in a couple of years, yeah. and one of our goals is to be able to go to more events like this yeah. with our products. And yeah. stay involved in the hound hunting yeah. community. So, did you guys drive or fly out here? We flew to Cincinnati okay. and then drove up. I got from there. you. Yeah. So it'd be a long haul to drive. It would be. It would be. So uh, I've only ever been to Idaho one time. To, uh, to, uh, 2019, I went out there. So several years ago, uh, my stepson and I went out there on a bear hunt, and uh, it was kind of his graduation uh, gift, uh, and we had a great time. And I never, I always like the UP of Michigan is kind of my happy place and is kind of out in the wild. But went flew into Missoula, Montana, 
and over into Idaho and take go all the way up to Lolo Pass and then back in about 20 plus miles. And that, I don't know if I've ever been to a more beautiful place than that. Yes. That is beautiful and <laughs> wild. And yeah. you're right. That's and the rugged, route Lewis and Clark took yeah. to get to the yeah, ocean exactly. up through there. Exactly. So uh, I don't know if it's uh, what part of the state you're in, I guess. Are We're you... in the southern part of the southern state. Southern part, yeah. Southeast Idaho. Yeah. Which is much more arid right. than that. Yeah. But there's Actually, definitely a reason right. why we have been to the Lolo Montana field trial for three <laughs> years in a row now. Because once we found it yeah. and we met the people right. and we saw the country, we just have to keep going back. Yeah. Yeah. So do you do you have dogs or hounds yourself? Who do? Do you we have five plots in the blue tick? Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you probably don't have raccoons where you're at, really. There are raccoons. Are there? Yeah. yeah. It's not a big coon hunting state. Yeah. At least in our area. Right. The places that you find coons, it seems like they're always next to a highway or yeah. railroad tracks. Yeah. Sketchy to hunt. Yeah. And they're not the numbers that you would have yeah. here. Yeah. So while you've been here at Richmond, at, here at Autumn Oaks, have you had a chance to kind of look around the fairgrounds a whole lot? We have, and it's impressive. It's an <laughs> awesome venue. Yeah. It's set up so nice for this. And Yeah. And the weather's been great. And this the weather's weekend. been great. People are great. Yeah. It's just exceeded our expectations. We knew it was going to be big, but it's, yeah. it's just impressive. And yeah. I'm sure that it didn't happen overnight as far as you guys yeah, and, and the whole organization of everything it just a lot of things have been thought out and practiced yeah. and you've experienced a lot and yeah. it shows yeah. yeah compliments to ukc for putting this on because just just little things like we're going to shut down the sail barn at 6 p.m and by golly the lights go off and the doors shut at six and <laughs> yeah. everything's run on time yeah which doesn't happen by accident yeah it shows good management well it so uh, you know it's appreciated yeah things work better if you're if you're on time and things like that but no, hey, I don't want to take up any more of your time, but we really we're tickled to to have you here and and to see have you here to see what Autumn Oaks is and and uh, and we appreciate your uh, your sponsorship and everything else and and uh, hope uh, hope that'll it's a good thing for down the road as well. Yep, so, we're okay. looking forward to that. We want yeah. to want to be able to come back for sure. Yeah, yep, thanks for having us. Thank you, Thank you guys. Yeah, well, there you go. It's just uh, friendly people, love the sport, you know, and really enjoyed their time at Autumn Oaks, obviously. And I think we'll probably see them uh, more. I invited them to the Winter Classic as well, so hopefully they can make that event one of these days. But just two great folks. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, and new sponsors of UKC, right? They with are. the Dogs Are Treat business. They so are. I'm excited yep. to see where that uh, sponsorship goes. For sure. Do with them. But, hey, that's just a uh, – there's a small sample size of the hundreds of people that we talked to over the weekend, but uh, wish we had a chance to talk to everybody. Just time doesn't allow it, but I, I think we got a good representation of all of, you know, of different people that you'll see there and from all different walks of life, from all different places, competing in all different kinds of events. Yep, and you nailed it. There's, you know, hundreds of good folks like these that we got a chance to interview here, you know, and that's that's the great thing about this sport. You know, it's a competition too, you know, but at the end of the day, it's amazing, amazing, amazing how many people you get, you've got to learn or got to know through this sport. Absolutely. And that's kind of a wrap on our Autumn Oaks coverage here. We're a few weeks after the event now, and it's time to, to put our focus towards some new world championship content. But uh, thanks again for everybody who had any hand in uh, 2023 Autumn Oaks. It was one for the record books in a lot of ways uh, throughout 
especially in my tenure here. Really enjoyable. Things went really well, and I'm already looking forward to a really strong 2024. Yep, and I will just say this in closing out. You know, a lot of uh, we've we've have a, had a lot of great events, and we I think uh, we always try to do a good job. You know, in the meetings we have here, that's important to us that we set the example and we work hard and do the little things. We're never going to be perfect, but I will also tell you, Trevor, you're a big part of uh, of the improvements on events like this. So you're a big part of that. I appreciate it, Alan. Appreciate all you do. And we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the UKC Hunting Ops Podcast. Be sure to give us a follow so you don't miss any of our new episodes or content.